Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Yo, it's a Thursday. Thanks for waking up with us. It is the Wake Up Call right here on The Fan. As always, broadcasting live from the DriveHubler.com studio. The defense woke up last night. The Pacers got the win. I guess if we keep the wake up going, I guess the guys will be waking up in a few hours on their way, on their way over uh, to Germany. We have the Colts and Patriots coming up on Sunday. It's a biggie there, of course, before the bye week. And it's KB's final day of the week. He will have at this time tomorrow in 24 hours he will have a ro- uh, a mm-hmm. robot yeah. making sure his R-D2 hair is going to be working uh, make, on the back make, of my head making sure yeah. his hair looks like Zach Collins from the other night good morning everybody <laughs> how are we doing Kelly Olenek maybe from last night uh, yeah. I don't think, could you pull that off I don't know if you I, could pull no. off the long hair I don't think no that's offense. in the guarantee that is uh, being awarded to me but yes you I can be... try though sure, yeah, sure I'd love to see you try emphasis on try there uh, yeah the Pacers get I, I just think I'd kind of check the box win. Uh, we won't talk about remember that Pacers Jazz game in right. early November? We aren't going to talk about that come March and April, but we will certainly talk about the next couple, and that would be Milwaukee tonight, and then Philly on Sunday, Philly on Tuesday. So if you look at the top of the Eastern Conference right now, it goes Philly, Boston, Milwaukee. I think we all expected those three to be there. The Pacers are actually in fourth, and over the next three games, you're going to have uh, again, the Bucks tonight, then two against the Sixers coming up this weekend. Uh, obviously, a lot to get to on the Colts front. Uh, as Andy said, one more day of activities at West 56th Street, and then they will board a plane, 9.30 tonight, Oof. to Frankfurt, Germany. Get the melatonin before you get on the flight, and they want you out uh, for that flight to Frankfurt. Uh, obviously, land there about 7-ish a.m. That would be Eastern time. You know, talking body clock still. In America, and then they will uh, have a practice tomorrow afternoon over there, uh, and then get ready to take on the Patriots 9:30 on Sunday. Kind of an interesting estimation of their injury report from yesterday. Again, it was just a walkthrough. Today will be the first official practice. We'll go over that as well. Uh, Joel A. Erickson is actually going to join us at 7:30. He is currently en route to the Cincinnati airport. <laughs> Will you get a better deal? Did the star get, uh, did they save $19 sending him to Cincinnati? You know, when you think about a linear line <laughs> from here to Frankfurt, uh, Joel's path is Cincinnati, drive to Cincinnati. Okay, so okay. that's a nice little, what, diagonal down 74. And then a flight to Dallas. Right. That doesn't seem to be going in the direction of Europe based off my geography history. And then Dallas to Frankfurt for Joel A. Erickson. Uh, so again, he's going to join us at 730. He actually has kind of a hottish take that I would love to get more of his thoughts on. Well, and good. He can warm up the studio. I'm all about that. Give me a hot take. He's very he, upset he likes, about Craig Council. He likes flights with multiple stops is what I'm I was getting. about to say. He can't, he can't be happy about Craig Council leaving. We I believe his talk phrase about him. was the greatest betrayal in the history of oh, Wisconsin Lord. sports. Was <laughs> he the one that wrote ass on the Craig Council Park sign? I'm like, what are the other betrayals of Wisconsin sports? I guess maybe Favre to the Vikings. Uh, t- Tom Crean leaving Marquette going to Indiana. Oh, that's got to be it. There's that a they're lined up talking about Tommy Crean uh, leaving there. So uh should be fun. Joel A. Erickson, 7.30. Scott Agnes in the 8 o'clock hour, his normal 8.30 spot with us each and every Thursday. And then Julie Rowlock, is that, is, that's right, right, the Horizon League uh, commissioner uh, will join us as well. I heard JMB talk about this yesterday, Kevin, and he said, I don't like going 
I don't like going the opposite direction in a plane when I'm going no, somewhere. No, and no. I am with him. Uh, I have not flown into Chicago. I have flown to other places like a Charlotte or something like that just so I could feel more comfortable that I was like, you know, if I'm heading south, I want to head south, right? You ever went to Mexico or something? It's like, ah, you can go to Chicago or you can go to Charlotte. I'm like, well, to hell with it. I'll go to Atlanta or Charlotte. I'll do one of those instead of going north and then going south. I'm totally about that. Yeah, the Poor old, Erickson. The old Lenny line not being utilized here but again I'm sure from a budget standpoint it makes a whole lot of sense uh, last night Pacers Jazz kind of a wild start to the game Pacers get off to a 7-0 start uh, the Hardy brother takes a timeout for the Jazz it's a young guy it's a good looking guy Will Hardy yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's a, a young, young guy dude. Uh, then they come out. They score 12 straight. So Rick Carlisle takes a timeout. Rick actually took another one in the first quarter. And it's been interesting throughout the year, Andy. Rick has kind of settled on this nine-man grouping. And one of the starters then, you know, plays with that second unit. And he has, you know, rotated, I think, who that guy has been. Tyrese Halliburton has probably been maybe the most frequent one. But last night, uh, based off how he started the game, it was Benedict Mather and staying with that second unit and very earning of those minutes was Matherin. Uh, he was outstanding, 22 points. Um, I thought he kind of, him and those four bench guys, they sparked kind of getting back in the game there into the first quarter, and then again into the third quarter. Um, I thought the starters were a little sloppy. Uh, Buddy Heald didn't shoot it great when he was in there either with the second unit. You know, Halliburton was kind of quiet from a scoring standpoint, but... You know, I'm going to say this all year long. Just so bullish on the Pacers' depth. And last night, it was on full display. Matherin hasn't been a guy that we've talked about a ton this season as being the lead guy. He was that last night. Aaron Neesmith, just you know, quietly 24 points off the bench. Yeah, he also hit his over. He also had an over-under of 9.5. Last night was a clean sweep for your boy. Over, Uh the over-hit. Okay, I was a little worried with about three and a half, four minutes to go. The over-hit, Neesmith hit, uh, his over-hit, and the spread of six, six and a half hit. It was a good night last night, KB. You were sweating bullets there. Well, it was a little bit. On occasion. And I think the other thing that stood out to me from last night, Miles Turner had 20 in the first half. And Andy, too many times, I think, in the Turner career, there's been moments where an opposing center is not playing. Like, Walker Kessler does not play for the Jazz last night. So what does Will Hardy do? Will Hardy says, all right, we're going to switch one through five. We don't think Turner can take advantage of smaller guys on him. That's pretty much what he's saying with his actions. And I don't feel like Turner has taken advantage enough of those nights. Last night, he was outstanding. Um, him and Jalen Smith. I mean, they combined for, what was it, Turner at 22, I think he finished uh, with? Thir- Jalen at 16? Yeah, 38 and 17, if you combine them together. 38 and 17 and four blocks. And again, every time the Jazz said, yeah, we're going to switch, you know, Clarkson on one of the bigs or... You know, I'm trying to think of who the other random dudes that they had out there. George. Um, some of the small. Yeah, Keontae George or uh, Abaji from Kansas. The Pacers took advantage of that. And, and that's a sign of kind of growth, I think, for Miles Turner. And Jalen Smith continues to have a really, really nice start to the season. So you could go down the list. On a night when Tyrese Halliburton doesn't score in the first half, Buddy Heald has the rare off shooting night. You needed others to step up. They did that. And now that sets up the Pacers against, I would assume, a pretty pissed off Giannis Antetokounmpo <laughs> with how last night went for him. So did you see how he got tossed? Did I you did, see the and second I it technical? Was an absolute joke that he got tossed. So he dunked on somebody, and I mean because that's what he does because he's an alien. And so Giannis dunks on somebody, and he just comes down, and he just 
He just stares for a split second and then starts to run back the other way and gets teed up. And I just like if you're a if you're a Bucks fan and the NBA is all about you know guys not sitting and if you're gonna sit you know we're, you're gonna have to be injured and back to backs and all that conversation. And then they toss out the biggest star of the sport. And if you go watch and that's one of the you know the one or two games KB that you go to all year and Giannis gets thrown in the what the early mid part of the third quarter for a quick stare down how weak was that last night well and I also like just put Giannis to the side and put the star treatment to the side I'm a believer of this and this goes for all 30 NBA teams every player on all 30 NBA teams to earn the second technical you better damn earn it like you better you know M you know what and hell you climb in the stands you better cross the cross the line there is a line we all know where the when the line has been crossed you better do that I'm good with the first tech kind of sending a little bit of a message like all right, sure enough is enough we're gonna clean things up it's one tech it's one free throw it's not the end of the world here for Giannis that to be the second tech (laughs) I thought was just an absolute and honestly probably goes against the star treatment uh, that you frequently hear from NBA fans so a Officially, I guess a little over 21, so 22 minutes for Giannis last night. Hmm. He gets tossed. I would assume he will be highly motivated <laughs> tonight on the back-to-back. Uh, the Bucks did come back to beat the Pistons. Yeah, Dame um, Lillard. They yeah. really struggled without Giannis, but Damian Lillard was outstanding late. He had 34 points in that one. Chris Middleton did not play, though, due to illness. So, again, the Bucks uh, boarded a flight here, got in late last night, and they are a three-and-a-half-point favorite as it'll be the first matchup of the year, Pacers and Bucks. I'm sure they're streaming us uh, at 1075.com uh, or the uh, the fan.com or the app. I'm sure that's they're up doing that. Uh, give me Rick Carlisle. Brunch with the Conrad, and they're <laughs> yeah. listening to us right yeah. now. Yeah. They're the wild Chick-fil-A eggs right now. Yeah. That's exactly it. Uh, Rick Carl, uh, Carlisle post-game talking about Matherin. This has probably Ben's best game in two years. People want to see him shoot a bunch of shots and score a bunch of points, but that isn't necessarily what wins. What wins is being a part of a system, doing your job within a system, taking the right shots within a system, you know, running to the corner when you when 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 your job is to run to the corner and making simple plays. And I thought tonight he just took some major steps. He was he was the highest plus minus guy, I believe. He earned the 38 minutes. That's how it's got to be. And we have to have you know all the guys in our rotation. And all the guys that are our depth players just you know thinking thinking the same way. Uh, to me, that to me, Matherin's the story of last night. Uh, it's you're right. It's a sleepy jazz game where we can pick on you know the first quarter defense, uh, even the second. Yeah, you know, I, I just first half I felt like they let a bad team kind of stay in the game, and I'm thinking, okay, are they going to make this closer than it needs to be? Hell, if they ever lost this game, combined with the Hornets' loss, combined with Giannis and company coming into town tonight, you're starting to think, come on, guys, you got to pick it up and the depth and everything. Else, I mean, that has been such a strong point, but in the end, you want Matherin to be playing 30-some-odd minutes, don't you? I mean, that's that's the growth, and for him, whether it's defensively, understanding his role, I think for him, feeling better offensively as well, and after the game, there were several cuts we had in the folder today of Rick Carlisle, you know, being very forceful of, hey, Matherin did the things to get 38 minutes. We have other guys, uh, you know, when you look at our wings that 
want these minutes. He went out and did the things. And you talk about a growth of a young team and a young player. Uh, to me, if I'm a Pacer fan today, and I now have an early season, because we kind of haven't had one, Kevin, that an early season data point of, okay, this is what this guy could be. And if that's the case, you, you hear how the coach is talking about him, how the players post game are talking about him, and you see the minutes and you see the numbers. To me, that's besides the win, that's the number one thing I got from last night was a young player playing his best game in the first couple weeks of the season. Well, and you and you brought up it can be a sleepy night, you know, when you play the front night of a back-to-back. It's the Jazz, you know, it's that's not a juicy game. There's not, you know, kids from Carmel sitting in the stands with Jazz jerseys on like there will be tonight with Giannis and, you know, who knows, probably Lillard as well. But there's never anything sleepy about how Matherin plays the game. And, and honestly, there are probably moments where you're like, dude, rein it in just a hair. But you'd rather have to tell him to rein it in right. than to rev it up. And over the course of 82 nights, you know he's always going to be full throttle. And last night, yes, I mean, he had the five offensive rebounds. He had the four assists. That's probably what Rick Carlisle's pointing to a little bit more. And defensively. But I thought last night it was a little bit of last year out of him of you're in a lull offensively let me go get you a bucket things are starting to get stagnant you know Halliburton is not having a great great offensive yeah, night didn't score in the first half you know Buddy Heald is having again that rare off shooting night he, Matherin can be the microwave and, and last night he was that among other things because he's had some of these five assist nights throughout the year he had it on opening night he had it over the weekend in the back-to-back with Cleveland and Charlotte. That, that I think, is some of the big growth that the Pacers want to see. Uh, but, yeah, big for Matherin last night. Again, uh, Giannis, just to point this out, because I feel like you have to do it. We did it with Victor Webanyama earlier in the year, or I should say earlier in the week. Uh, the Bucks have had one back-to-back this season. Giannis did play in that back-to-back. That was both at home for the Bucks. Again, I would assume with his ejection after 21 minutes last night. He will be ready to go for this one. So, uh, quite the test now upcoming for the Pacers as they take on the East leading Bucks. Um, and then after that, or excuse me, uh, the second place Bucks. And then they will have the East leading Sixers Sunday and Tuesday. Good Thursday morning to you. Again, Joel A. Erickson from the Star going to join us here in about 15 minutes. We'll talk to him about his trip to Germany. Um, should Michael Pittman and or Kenny Moore get a contract extension here to close out the season? We'll toss that his way as well. And again, Scott Agnes, um, I know there's a lot of people curious about the announcement from Diamond Sports Group and Bally uh, over the past week or so on the future for the Pacers games in terms of television. We'll get Scott's thoughts on that coming up at 8.30. Good Thursday morning to you. Thanks for spending it with us. It is Kevin Bowen, Andy Sweeney, Mark Dykton on the ones and twos. You're listening to The Wake Up Call with KB and Andy, 93.5, 107.5, The Fan. Omaha, Omaha. On 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. Hey, your morning check down reminder coming up in about 10 minutes. Joel A. Erickson will join us. We'll talk some Colts. He's getting ready to hop on a plane and go over to Germany. Let's start with those Pacers. 134-118, your final last night in Gamebridge. I think the story, Benedict Matherin, 22 points, 9 rebounds, threw in 4 assists as well. Was that microwave offense as Kevin? Microwave. Uh, I like that. The microwave offense and post-game Matherin talking about his game, talking about his 
defense as well. They got to keep playing hard, and the main thing for me is defense. You know, I'm trying to get my defenses on the same level as my offense, and I feel like, you know, that's going to come as, you know, the season goes on. And, I mean, that's the main goal for us. You know, it's the main thing for, for me as a player, and I feel like this, that's the best way possible to have my team win. So he was good last night. Uh, Smith was fantastic last night. The Bigs gave you something, and it's Pacers Bucks tonight. And that one you can find uh, NBA TV. Now that means it'll be on Bally's as well, yes, right? It so will we'll be, be double yeah, barreled. Uh-huh. We'll be NBA TV uh, Bally's. Bally's worked last night. It worked fine. I was feeling good. I was worried for the split second when you launch the app. It does the spinning motion. Yeah. And, oh, I, yeah. I, and, and after it spins for more than like a second and a half, I go, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Uh, NBA TV, by the way, it's going to be locally blacked out. So, just FYI. Okay. If, if you have NBA TV, you won't be able to get it here. Yeah, locally. I mean, I, I have NBA TV with okay. my YouTube TV, and it's it's if it's a Pacers game, it's usually blacked out. Okay, so you get somebody else. We'll get the uh, You'll Celtics. You'll get like a replay of like 1976 or something. <laughs> yeah. Get a like Reggie that. Miller replay. Yeah. Okay, fair yeah, enough. Reggie against the Knicks back in the day. <laughs> fair enough. Imagine, say, the start of the year, you know, nine games into the season or whatever the Pacers are, eight games in, Jalen Smith has been your most consistent player. Uh, he's been good, man. And, and again, that's a compliment. Yeah. I, I don't want that to sound. And I, I He worked know. his ass off and became a better player. I mean, maybe Neesmith would be up there as well. But a very nice start to the year for Jalen Smith. All right, tonight, if you want to, I guess, gouge your eyes out, uh, Bears and Panthers. I almost yep. said Pistons. It might be better, honestly, if it was Bears. I think and the Bears might be my eliminator pick this this week. I might wow. do it. I you might do it, Mark. Time. I might do it. Mark, what Rolling the hell is the dice? What the hell is the line on that game? Oh boy, I don't know. I, I think... uh, it's three and a half. The Bears by three and a half, and over cool. under of thirty eight and a half. They're going with the tattoo guy again. Tyson? Tyson Bajent. Yeah. Tyson Bajent. Bajent Orange. 8-15 from Soldier Field. It will be the Panthers and Bears. Can only imagine Al Michaels' comments for that oh, one. He Again, might retire at halftime. Week 10. We <laughs> talked about this yesterday. You're in scramble mode for your fantasy teams this week. On buys, the Chiefs, the Eagles, the Dolphins, Ooh. and the Rams. So it is obviously not a great slate of games. Uh, and if you have fantasy football players, I would double and triple check your roster because you might be scrambling a bit with that. So Bears and Panthers tonight, week 10, Thursday night football. Bears are wearing that hideous orange jersey and orange helmet combo again, too, as well. Oh, Can we burn those? Well, think- do that pre-Halloween, yeah. not post-Halloween. <laughs> I think I'm about to start Najee Harris because I have so many people out. That's not awful. Well, no, it's 14 carries for for 38 yards. I think he had a touchdown last week. you got to hope he gets into the end zone. It's all about the goal line carry. If he can get into the end zone, he can limp you to 12, 13, 14 points. If he can't, you're going to be stuck in the single digits. Speaking of limping, the first injury report for the Colts out yesterday. Again, just a walkthrough. Today will be their first actual practice. Guys that they listed, though, as would not have participated yesterday. Drew Ogletree, Josh Downs, Zaire Frank. Franklin, Juju Brent. So obviously some mm. notable names on that list. If you want to go the good news route, Braden Smith was listed as a would have been full participant. So if Braden Smith practices today, Andy, that would be his first practice participation since October 12th. Wow. He has missed four straight games. What do you think? Is two practices enough to be ready after missing a month? I'm going to say yes, at least to have him available. I mean, and now Germany Friday will be a lighter sure, day. Sure, today is the big day, and then again board the flight. 
it's a hip and a wrist injury that has sidelined him for a month. I, I just feel with these guys, if they're cleared to play, go ahead and play them, right? We did that with Richardson earlier in the season as it pertained to his uh to what his concussion. We did that. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm ready to go with Braden Smith. They have shown backup wise that they can make do without him. So if you know they get into the game and it's not right, they can do what they did with Josh Downs last week. No, if he's cleared to go, you get a little bit of practice. If he's feeling good, put Braden Smith out there. Absolutely. Again, the Colts will practice today, board a flight a little after 9 o'clock tonight for Frankfurt, Germany. They will have a lighter day tomorrow to conclude their work uh, on field this week. And then again at 9.30 a.m. local time, NFL Network simulcasted on Fox 59. That'll be Colts and Patriots in Week 10. Colts remain a slight favorite in that one. The only other thing I have here, obviously we talked about it, Giannis tossed in the third quarter yesterday, Ron Washington, 71-year-old Ron Washington, the new Angels manager. I was manager. nervous he was even alive, there to we be go. honest with I you. I had no idea that he was. He was with the Atlanta Braves for the past several years with their dynasty being a third base coach, so there you go. It's He's no Craig Council, but Ron Washington hired with the Angels, 71 years old. Those hot young names in the baseball world. <laughs> They're keeping it young. Yeah, Cubs go Craig, Craig Council. Everything they do is so young. We got Ron Washington. Uh, college football for this weekend. Uh, Purdue and Indiana in action. Purdue hosting Minnesota. Actually, a slight favorite, Purdue, in that one. Uh, that is a 3.30 kick from Ross Aid. Indiana on the road at Illinois. A 6.5 point underdog. The Hoosiers in that one. You surprised Michigan favored by 4.5 at Happy Valley? The only re yes, I mean Michigan's a better team, and Penn State loses the big game. Isn't that isn't that kind of what we've always seen with James Franklin? Like he can, he's not going to get you to the college football playoff. He'll be knocking on the door. So do you like four and a half points though at home? I I would not touch that game. I would absolutely not touch that game at all. Uh, I did see Michigan responded to the Big Ten last night, saying, "Yeah, you can punish us, but you're going to have to wait after the season." Basically. We need to dive into the guy at Purdue, who uh, he and the Rutgers and what Ohio State. So they were sharing State, signals. They Purdue were sharing, was sharing they, with they, some other. They team. were sharing signals when the when the guy touched an elbow. They knew what that meant from the TV from the TV feed, which by the way is just, legal. That's legal. Going to the game and buying a ticket to uh, to a Central Michigan game that's not legal. We are in full tattletale mode. Oh wait, 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 wait until you hear yeah. what this team is doing to that. It's team. Totally what we're doing. That it's high school stuff. Where we are at. All right, Joel Erickson. He is en route right now to Germany, just driving uh, to the Cincinnati airport for his first of a couple of flights. A lot to chat with about Joel. We'll do that next here. It is the wake up call with KB and Andy. Bit of an overcast start to this Thursday morning. Whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. That's just mean. Uh, it's just flat out don't mean. Don't do this. Joel's got Joel's 40 hours us. in a plane. 
Joel Erickson <laughs> on the Payless Cigars Hotline right now is giving us his time, right? right. While driving, multitasking, he's up early, earlier mm-hmm. than he probably would be, or at least I guess with kids, he'd be scrambling right now in the morning. <laughs> As Andy said, he's going to be stuck in a plane for nine hours, and you're going to play Go Cubs Go after, and I do want to make sure I have this right, Joel, I, I believe the phrase that you uttered to me yesterday was, Craig Council leaving the Milwaukee Brewers is the greatest betrayal in the history of sports in the state of Wisconsin. Yeah, it is. It is. And uh, I'm not supposed to cuss on the radio, but we're really trying to make me, aren't we? <laughs> well, you can say some some cuss words. Some words. Yeah, I don't know a, if you want to there's jeopardize a, yeah, that. There's, a, there's a few magical ones that you cannot say. Mark, come on now. I just thought he'd be happy that Craig Council got an upgrade in team. I just I thought he'd be happy for I, I, Mark, you're... You don't you don't understand how how much this upsets me. I'm just gonna say that. Joel, I was uh, feel Joel, bad for him. Joel and I, you know, Joel sits right in front of me in the Colts media room, and I thought his dog had died when oh, he had, you know, brought this up yesterday. And you know, I'm trying to offer, you know, do you promote from within? I mean, it's not going to be this bad, is it? And then you know, he goes into where the Brewers have been as a franchise before Craig Council. Joel, you are very, very upset about this. I, I'm, I'm devastated. It's. It's the worst. Like it's not just. It's not just that he left. It's that. It's like what it says about the franchise. It's what it says about. He convinced us he was one of us. He said all this. He spent nine years telling us, "I'm from Milwaukee. This is my team." And then he left for a team that is ninety miles to the south and has a bunch of fans like Mark who are mean. <laughs> That's well said. As a Reds fan, that is very well said. I am curious, what else is on the list of greatest Wisconsin sport betrayals? I, you had mentioned to me Brett Favre to the Vikings. I, is Tom Crean leaving Marquette to Indiana on that list? I'm curious, what else would would fall on that list? Crean uh, to Marquette, Crean to Indiana it was is lower on that. Brett Bielema leaving for Arkansas. Mm, I forgot about that one. That's a good one. Yeah. Because that one kind of came out. That one came out of nowhere, and it was like, really, that program isn't even as successful as. Uh, so that one's on there. There's a couple. The, the, there's a couple of player free agent ones that sort of predate me. Like, apparently, people are like kind of upset at Molitor for leaving for the Blue Jays, but that doesn't really make. If you like look into that one, it doesn't make sense. Um, I'm. I'm also. A, I'm also a Missouri grad, and like Mike Anderson leaving Missouri for Arkansas is is probably up there for me but it doesn't it doesn't come close to touching this it doesn't come close mike anderson mike anderson started at arkansas like that that was where he that was his home quote unquote uh this is this is it's i'm i'm in a bad place with baseball i i'm i feel worse about baseball than i have in 20 years Joel's oh going. God. Joel's going years. 95 miles per hour in the left lane on 74 right now. Just flew by the Milan exit, giving the bird to everybody on the yeah. way. Back. Oh man! Uh, so uh, okay, so the guys around here are telling me you have a you have a hellacious day of travel. So what do you got popping, and then we'll dive into Patriots and Colts. Well, I've got like I, I get on a flight in Cincinnati. Uh, it just worked out where the the flights were. I had less of a layover if I went through Cincinnati than Indy based on when we got the approval to do this. So I have a flight at, at, uh, in, in a couple hours out of Cincinnati, and then I'm in Dallas, the Dallas airport, for like three or four hours. 
And then we get on a plane at uh, 4.15 Central Time, so 5.15 Eastern. This, this is where it gets really tough. It's all, trying to figure out all the time stuff. Sure. And we don't get off of a plane. We don't get off of a plane for about nine hours. And uh, and it's like the worst, the worst thing about it for me is that we're flying at a time like where most of the, like if I was home, most of that time I would be awake. But I need to be asleep. And trying to fix that, I'm not good at sleeping on planes. It's going to be tough. Yeah, yeah. You need some. Yeah, I uh, struggle with that as melatonin well. Melatonin action or something, to say the least here, or just drink a lot or of vodka. Dallas airport. I was gonna say vodka. Yeah. <laughs> that is that is well. Uh, what's right. the, Joel? I'm just curious. Well, what's the plan uh, when you land? Like, what? I, I have no idea what the cult schedule looks like in Germany. I know they do practice. I think there's like a community event. Uh, what What is the Friday plan once you're there? Well, so they don't. La- I think they land after us, and they're not doing anything until. I think there's a the first shuttle for us is at four o'clock Germany time, and I land at eight. So the the big question is once we land, how quickly can we get in our hotel room? Because it's right there by the airport, and if I can get in my hotel room, then I can take a nap. Um, but if I can't, then I'm just kind of sitting there waiting. Um, but yeah, the, most of the cold stuff happens. Like I get in at I think I'm supposed to get in at like eight fifty something like that in Germany. And I don't think I have anything to do Colts wise until later that day because I think Shane Oh boy, maybe he is by the mile. Craig Council cut his phone line. Uh huh. Yeah. What are the dead spots going to Cincinnati they that I need to know several. about? Is that yeah. it? Yeah, just north of Lawrenceburg. Maybe. I'll call him back. Mark, you want to try? Well, I don't think he's going to answer Mark's call. Maybe we'll have Andy or I. <laughs> I about I'm, I'm blocked now. Yeah. You want me to turn my mic off? Call him yeah, back on that. I, I mean, imagine being that torn up about Craig Council. I thought the I thought the manager don't in you baseball. Love sports fandom. Though? I do. I thought the the manager in baseball though didn't matter, right? Unless they're losing I, games or he leaves and goes to the evil Chicago Cubs. So we're like three minutes into Joel and I's back and forth <laughs> yesterday, and I'm. I'm like, oh man, I shouldn't have brought this up. Yeah. Like, do I give him a hug? Do I? I love you trying to go. Are you going to promote from within? Like, you have any <laughs> have idea? No idea? Like, you I have know. any idea who the first yeah, base coach know, is yeah. that they, the hitting coach that they might you, promote from within? You feel good about your AAA manager? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Joel A. Erickson with us here. He's from the Star. Uh, there we go. Uh, you sound good now. Uh, let's just jump into the conversation around the game coming up on Sunday. Uh, I mean, Josh Downs uh, would have been a non-participation, as would have been. In Zaire Franklin, what are your thoughts on those guys going into Sunday? The kind of chance you think they have to play? Well, I know I know Zaire Franklin. Last week, they thought he was going to play up until late in the week. So I'm I'm still kind of thinking that he might be able to get on the field. Downs, on the other hand, you know he tried to play last week. He left the game very early. The bye week is coming up. Um, there's there's reason. There, there's there's a chance here and reason if that's kind of a nagging thing to give him a couple weeks off and hopefully not have to deal with this when you come out of the bye. Joel, I kind of want to go a different direction, a little bit big picture here. And again, Joel Erickson is with us from the Indianapolis Star. He is off to Germany later today. That trip is starting right now, um, so we appreciate his time on this Thursday morning. The bye week is next week. We know that. And we also know Chris Boward's comments at the start of the year of, you know, okay, we're not giving extensions after a four-win fo- you know, football season, et cetera, et cetera. Well, gives one to Luke Rhodes. Yes, it's Luke Rhodes. Then gives one to Jonathan Taylor. Obviously, that one's on a different spectrum. 
Do you think there's any chance that he looks at the seasons that Michael Pittman and or Kenny Moore has had and presents something in front of them and almost views it of like a, let's send a message to a new culture, new era of if you do what we ask you to do and you meet a certain standard, we will not only reward you, but we aren't afraid to do it in season. I, I want to say the last, well, obviously Taylor uh, earlier this year, but I believe Grover Stewart signed an extension back in 2020. So you think any chance that could be put in front of Pittman and or Kenny Moore here in the month of November? I, I think Kenny Moore kind of fits the bill. You remember they signed Jack Doyle to his third deal kind of around the end of the season type of thing. Kenny Moore might fit that for the Colts. I think with Michael Pittman Jr., like it's going to have to be a huge deal because of where he is in his career. This is going to be his second contract. He plays wide receiver, which means that he can get a ton of money on the market. Like He has every reason, unless they really blow him away with an offer, to kind of play this out because the longer this goes, the more leverage he gets in terms of getting his next deal. Kenny Moore, on the other hand, this being his third deal, that one kind of feels like the Jack Doyle-ish type deal where you, you lock him up uh, towards the end of the season and kind of make him a Colt for life. I think there's an element with Pittman of would Pittman say yes? I, I mean, obviously, you know, he could get the franchise tag, but you know, certainly he's going to garner. Uh, you would think quite the market here coming up in the off season if he chooses to go down that path. Again, Joel A. Erickson is with us. Uh, Joel and Nate Atkins from the Indianapolis Star both off to Germany. Uh, they both have a Cover Two podcast that is in relation to the previous era of Matt Eberflus and the defense. <laughs> and Joel, I, I caught a bit of it uh, yesterday, and at one point. And I, you know, feel free to provide some context around this. Uh, you decided to provide a cover zero take on the podcast. And for those, I guess, unfamiliar, cover zero would be, you know, all man covered, zero safeties across the board. So that's a bit of a hot take. And you did this because of human error in that you forgot to, whatever, post the podcast earlier in the week. And you said to a listener that uh, you would provide a hot take uh, as a reprieve, if you will, for not posting the podcast. If you don't mind, and feel free to provide any context I might have missed out, uh, but if you don't mind, uh, care to uh, uh, share with our audience what that Cover Zero take was. Well, okay, so just just to back up a little context here, I... One of the jokes I, I always make about us being the Cover 2 podcast is it's because I'm so I'm so reluctant to come up with something that's actually a hot take. I'm usually sitting back in a zone and taking the uh, and making sure you have to throw underneath. But unless it involves that, Craig Council, no, I don't even think that's a hot take. I think I'm right in the middle of all Brewers fans. Absolutely, <laughs> like, um, but the uh, the uh, the one I, I threw out there is. And I, I, I think this is a I think this is a cover zero take because I don't think it's even likely to happen. There is a part of me that would be interested to see what the Sam Ellinger version of the Shane Steichen offense looks like. They're just I just curious. Um, you know, he's he, he did such a good job of moving between Anthony Richardson and Gardner Minshew. Sam Ellinger can do a little bit more of the running stuff than Minshew can. I, the passing game, the more I talk, the more I think through it. Maybe it looks kind of the same, but I, I'm just, it's been a thought that's rattling around the dark recesses of my Colts brain. And, uh, and, uh, 
you know, somebody somebody said they wanted a hot take. I think I think that's an all-out blitz of a hot take. Is, is I, I just want to see it. I'm just curious. We never really got to see it in training camp either. So, you know, I, I wouldn't mind it. Could, could I take it a step further? And I, I would rather, and again, I think you and I both are saying, you know, if whatever Gardner Minshew's turnovers appear again, if just the passing offense continues to be stagnant, obviously some losses would have to slide in there for this to even be a remote possibility. Could I one-up it and say I'd rather see Kellen Mond than Sam Ellinger? Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Uh, well, Kellen Mond, you know, obviously he's got the third-round pick background. Because we've already seen Ellinger. Yeah, that's a good point. We've never really... We, and Kellen Mond, if you look back at his career, hasn't really played that much. He had, like, one game with the Vikings, I think. Um, so, who knows Who knows what Shane Steichen sees there. That could be another one. We could see another version of the offense. That's, that's not bad. I like that, too. Joel A. Erickson with us here. Payless Liquors Hotline on the fan on this Thursday. So, you know, I was going to ask you, Joel, it seems pretty simple then. I mean, you believe... Uh, I guess you believe that the offense was just bad on Sunday against Carolina. That wasn't, hey, we're going to simplify things and just get through this game because our defense, Buckner and Kenny Moore, are playing so well. Well, the, the biggest problem is that we've seen uh, teams use that strategy twice now. Jacksonville was the first time, and now Carolina's used it, where they just put bare front, whatever you want, seven guys at the line of scrimmage, they just put everyone at the line of scrimmage and say, we are not going to let you run. Right. We dare you to throw us out of it. And they and they haven't been able to do it twice now. Um, and, you know, against, it, did, it wasn't quite the same yardage issues because they didn't have to throw, they didn't have to start pushing the ball down the field like they did against Jacksonville. But e- either way, the result was the same. It's either they don't get yards or they turn the ball over too much. And... Like, if you can't throw people out of that front, that's a really big concern going forward. I I tried to ask Shane Steichen about, uh, you know, two years ago, the Colts faced a lot of those fronts and still were able to get rushing yards with Jonathan Taylor. Um, I think listeners probably know by now that Shane, uh, he did not give me a lot (laughs) in response to that. But... They, they do need to find their way to run, but the, the easy way to, to get people to stop doing that is just to throw them out of it because you put all those guys in the line, there should be opportunities for throwing. And there were against Jacksonville, and I think there were last week too. They just ha- they just haven't been able to take advantage of them. And that, that to me is the biggest concern moving forward is what are their answers when people go into those fronts? And can, it, can that stop the offense? Because it's not a good schedule going forward, but... You know, NFL defensive coordinators are good. I mean, Carolina's defense is not good at all. And they brought the Colts' offense to a halt. Right, and we know the Patriots can do one thing, and that's stop the run. So that's going to be such a huge part of the game on Sunday. Uh, last one for me, Joel, and appreciate the time here driving to Cincinnati. And I uh, know it's going to be a long day of travel over to Germany for you. We're going to talk about this in the 8 o'clock hour, but, uh, you know, 4-6 and six or 5-5. Five and five, Boy, going into that bye week, 5-5 five and five, sure as hell sounds a lot better. How big, I guess how pivotal is this game for the Colts to say, at least in arm's reach, uh, to try to get a playoff spot, five and five going into the bye week. Tampa Bay after uh, at least maybe a little bit of momentum for this team. Well, from a from a statistical perspective, since they went to seventeen games, uh, 
four, I, I believe it's four of the 11 teams that's, that started five and five made the playoffs. Only one of the seven that was four and six made the playoffs. And if you look at the AFC standings right now, you can tell it's even more of a big deal because right now in the AFC, there are eight teams over 500. There are three more teams at 500. If you go to four and six, it's if the schedule is still gettable. The Colts can still win a lot of those games, but you're just you're just behind the math in terms of the way the rest of the AFC is is playing. Uh, in terms of if you want to really try to make a playoff berth, if you're a five and five, I think you're right back in that mix. But it's it, the numbers get really hard if you go to four and six. I in terms of I don't think anyone really expects a ton from this season now that Anthony Richardson is gone. But if they want, if they're going to surprise. And and maybe contend for the playoffs longer than we all think. They, they kind of need to win this one. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Joel, what do you think of Webb and Yamba on Monday? I know you're in the building. Uh, it was so we got glimpses. I was I was talking with James Boyd uh, with about this because he was also in the building. Uh, we got glimpses of it. There was a block in the second half right in front of my brother went with me, and you're like, okay, I, I saw it there. But it was also like one of those things where like. You knew it was the second night of a back-to-back. Probably the first, it was the first one he's done. You're, you're like, okay, this this is probably going to be a little bit more of a, uh, a flashes and, and type thing than it is going to see the like the 38 points he had against Phoenix. Right. Right. All right, Joel. Safe travels, man. Appreciate good luck, it, Joel. Uh, from a sleep standpoint. Ooh. And I guess more importantly, good luck dealing with the worst betrayal in Wisconsin sports history of Craig Council to the Cubs. Well, Mark's, Mark's driven me to drink now, so that might help me go to sleep on the plane. Yeah, well, yes. Just park that car first at the Cincinnati airport and then have at it as you choose, all right? Sounds good, guys. We'll talk to you later. Enjoy Germany. That is Joel A. Erickson from the Star off to Frankfurt. Does he get to? Does he get to comp uh, or turn his receipts in at the bar to the Indianapolis Star? What, what's, what's all these twenty-four ounce Coors Lights that you have over here? What's well, going on with that? I think oh, if he, these Bud Lights. What's happening? I think if he wants to get to sleep, he might need to just <laughs> straight up go hard liquor uh, if he wants to be asleep here on that flight. That sounds like the four o'clock flight. I mean, to his point, that's when you're up. Yeah, no, that's a rough one. Are you going to be able to go to bed at 5 o'clock? Yeah, that's a tough one, yeah, man. Yeah, Colts leaving a little bit after 9 o'clock, so I guess that's a little bit. And honestly, if you are on the Colts flight, wouldn't you just put Bears and Panthers on everyone's TV to oh, fall yeah. asleep? Oh, that's a great point. Yeah, just put a little football up there, and there you go. Well, if you call Maybe that night. football. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's the toilet bowl. It's not Perfect great. way. Hey, hey, listen, we're watching, everybody we're watching Gardner Minshew. We just ask if Sam Ellinger or Kellen Mond need to play. So we're, listen, we're one step away from being the Bears here if uh, if Gardner Minshew goes well, down. Well, okay, night prime time. The Colts are in morning <laughs> right. prime time, if you will, coming one up Sunday. One breath, you're like... Colts gonna be a playoff team in the second breath. Uh should Sam Ellinger should play? Should Sam Ellinger play this season <laughs> oh, or no. Kellen Mond? To Mon. be fair, a very hot take, <laughs> as was prefaced there with that. Uh, all right, we'll get back into the Patriots conversation. Eight o'clock. Giannis in the building tonight. We'll recap what happened last night. We'll do that on the other side. All right, hour number two. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 
Stu, Wake Up Call, KB and Andy hanging out with you. DriveHubler.com studios, 239-1070. We appreciate Joel A. Erickson hanging out with us on his way to the beautiful Cincinnati airport so he can fly uh, to Germany. Going to be a long day for him. Coming up uh, at about 8.30, Scott Agnes is going to join us. We'll talk some Pacers, and Kevin will grill him over what's next with Bally Sports. So I'll just let you guys... No, I can't wait for uh, that. I know you can. I know it's one of your favorite parts of the week. Uh, so we'll dive into that as well. Uh, three quick things I, I want to just get out there. Number one, I told you yesterday that Andrew Luck was going to be part of that uh, coalition, oh, yeah, if you will. Picture uh, of him and Biden. So he was right up next to Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll let the IBC guys deal with that uh, however they want to <laughs> deal with that. So Andrew Luck was there talking about the future, uh, the rights to college athletes. And I they believe- had Rod Gilmore and Kevin DeGonde. Mark texted grandparents weekend at Stanford, uh, it right? Looked, it looked just like it. Absolutely. Um, Joe Biden standing next to Andrew Luck. So that picture is out there. And then do you know what today is, Kevin Bowen? Do you know what today is in the video game world? Oh, How does that geez. sound? The video game world. It's a big day for parents right now. Boy, I, I, I've I got nothing here. Call of Duty's out. Oh, boy. And if you... Kyler Murray. Yeah, remember Kyler Murray? And Kyler's debut's coming Sunday? It's coming... Okay, so... Well, you better get that oh, tracker oh, on yep. his uh, PS5 <laughs> or whatever. So here's the thing. And this weekend, if you buy the Call of Duty, it probably starts tonight or tomorrow morning. It's double XP weekend, which is double your points, basically, uh, if you care about such things, which and it may be in a different world, I did. Uh, but yeah, it's out today. So Kyler Murray... That's we'll the be best news the Falcons could have heard uh-huh. all week as they played uh-huh. the Cardinals. And that's not good for Mark and I because we our teams we want our teams to draft at the very front. So we need the Cardinals. Yeah, you uh, want the Cardinals to win. Yeah, so call of yeah, so we need them to win. We're relying on Kyler Murray to do something here. And with this Call of Duty come out, uh Atlanta, is that who they play this weekend? Yeah, Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta and uh-huh. the points. Go ahead. Uh go ahead and do that. <laughs> Just go ahead and uh, and take care of that as well. So there we go. That is outstanding. So you're proceeding tomorrow, right? Yes. We grow tomorrow, hair Andy? Yep, we go hair Andy so tomorrow. So what's, what's your schedule tomorrow, if you don't mind? get there right around this time, actually. 7.45, okay. 8 o'clock, and it's, a, it's an all-dayer. And I'm a little like, you know, am I allowed to like, I don't know, listen to things, watch yeah. things? Am I, well, I think uh, so, yeah. I don't yeah. know. I feel like my head position is going to have to be very specific, <laughs> correct? Uh, yeah, I, I've never been through the procedure, but no, I'm pretty sure knowing people that have, that they probably will have movies there for you, can pop the AirPods in, I would imagine. I'd like to watch Notre Dame Niagara highlights from earlier in the week. Well, if I don't I'm mind. sure. I'm sure. A 30-minute Michael Shrewsbury no. video on the recruiting class from yesterday. 30 minutes. 35 minutes they went. On the class. Outstanding! Okay. Wow, I cannot wait. You. I've got it saved. There you I'm go. You have a bookmark. You imagine what the uh, what, what, what the, the look of the face, uh, the, the look of the text face when I ask her if I can dial that up. Yeah, well, here we, if you uh, stream that via yeah. my phone up on the TV right and there. We have HBO, Showtime, Peacock, whatever you need. Like Notre Dame's basketball YouTube page. Could we have Rivals.com and Michael Michael Shrewsbury talking about whatever four star perhaps they have going some. A Pacers Bucks highlights from the previous night. Again, that is seven o'clock tonight inside of Gamebridge Fieldhouse. Uh, Milwaukee has absolutely dominated Indiana over the last few years. And again, I, I understand that maybe that's not the most shocking thing to a lot of people. But Andy, uh, they've won eleven of twelve. The Bucks, and let's not act like there have been a lot of close games. Um, if you go back to that eleven of twelve. These are the margin of victories for the Bucks over the Pacers. 
13, 10, 13, 9, 15, 18, 10, 9, 27, 20, and 19. Wow. Wow. Not a single one within nine points. Right. Right. So I, this one is a little bit of a bigger November 9th game than I, you know, I, I'm not one that, you know, I probably am not like JMV calling out must wins uh, and, and <laughs> things like that early in an NBA season. But I think this falls into the category of like, it's a nice measuring stick. Um, you know, you've beaten Cleveland twice this year. Obviously, Cleveland was very undermanned when you went up there a couple weeks ago. Uh, that was a nice win, I thought, on Friday night, considering they were at full strength. But this is just, um, this is a game that I think you need to prove yourself a little bit here. Uh, I would assume Obi Toppin gets the Giannis Antetokounmpo assignment. We've obviously seen Obi has probably been a guy that they have not relied on, probably the least of any of the five starters. Um, certainly in the game situations, Aaron Neesmith has pretty much been on the floor, and rightfully so, over him. So I'm curious, how does Toppin handle that assignment tonight? For those that missed it, the Bucks did play last night. Uh, Giannis got ejected for one of the softest second technicals you will ever see. After 21 minutes of action, uh, the Bucks did beat the Pistons last night at home. Damian Lillard uh, had a very big night, made some big plays late in that game. Um, so I assume you're going to get a pretty pissed off Giannis Antetokounmpo tonight. Again, just 21 minutes, uh, and it will be Pacers and Bucks tonight at seven. So I, I, I'm just putting a little bit more stock into this one than I normally would uh, for a early November game. Yeah, and you look at now the reason the reason I think this is a juicy game for the Pacers is simple. I always look at what's upcoming on the schedule, right? And after this, if you were to lose this game, and again, there's no shame in losing to the Bucks. I mean, the Bucks very well. NBA Finals could win the entire thing. They go out, they make the move for Dame Lillard. And by the way, by the way, they make the move for Lillard because of a game last night for that exact reason that if something happens with Giannis... Right, Middleton yeah, was out. Yeah, Middleton's out. You know that his health, and I know it's just an illness, but you know the last two years his health has... You know, he's had injuries. He hasn't played a ton of basketball, at least consistently, that you can go out and Dame Lillard can take a game over. He can be the 1A superstar and you can win a game over kind of a whatever Detroit team. You know, I look at the Pacers and holding court the last couple nights was big against the Spurs and against Utah. They're yeah, teams agreed. that you're much better than. You needed to do that. There's nothing flashy or sexy about it, but you needed to do it. You know, after Milwaukee, then you go Sunday, Tuesday at Philadelphia. I mean, Philly right now is 6-1 and one on the season. Uh, Maxie's playing great. I mean, watching him play, watching him grow, watching him in college and what he's done uh, early parts of his career. And right now, if you probably stopped everything, Joel Embiid, what, he won the MVP last year? He would win it again this year, right? I mean, he's putting up even better numbers. And so you go into Philly, I, you go into Philly, you know you're going to be an underdog, right? You know you're going to be a decided yeah, I mean, underdog Embiid in those games. dominated turn yeah, I mean, over the I years. I mean, Embiid, Embiid's just been, uh, he's just ridiculous. Yeah. He, he really is. So, I mean, you have to, I hate to say it, you go into those games knowing that's an uphill battle. Uh, if you ever could beat Milwaukee tonight as well. I think you'd show people in the Eastern Conference that you're one of the better young teams in the conference. Remember, Rick Carlisle said this, to, said this to us now for several weeks, Andy, about these first nine games. You know, seven of nine at home. Tonight ends that. Um, if you were to win tonight, the Pacers right now a three and a half point underdog to the Bucks. If you were to win tonight, I think every Pacers fan would have signed up for six and three with the three win, three of those wins being Cleveland, Cleveland, and Milwaukee. Because those are the teams you're expect to be competing with. I mean, look at the standings right now. Philly's number one in the East. 
Milwaukee and Boston tied for second. We expect those three teams, I think, to be on a different level than everybody else. And then there are the Pacers sitting there at four right now. And to me, a six and three start, and in particular the wins, you know, Cleveland at full strength, Milwaukee pretty close to full strength. Um, those would kind of stand out to me. And I think that would offset a little bit of the sour taste you have with losing to the Bulls and losing to the Hornets like you did at home. So I think tonight should be a great atmosphere inside of Cambridge Fieldhouse. Again, I assume it'll be Obi Toppin getting that assignment, but still, it's just a little unsure of like, okay, does it work with Toppin? You know, that's a question mark. I, do you put Turner on him? And then the, sudden, I, I don't think he's anywhere fast enough to deal with him. But right, I mean, physically, I mean, do you just physically, and say, right. yeah, I dare yeah, shoot you a three. to shoot, yeah, shoot a nineteen I mean, footer, hell, yeah, yeah, shoot a fifteen footer. Um, I, there's just obviously not a lot of great options, and obviously there's not a lot of great options to guard Giannis anywhere in the NBA. But you don't have your Thad Young, like you don't have your obvious answer. To I thought you were going with Thad there. Mata there for a second. You don't have your Thad well, Mata. You went Thad Young. I forgot about that. A Thad, how about a Thad Young reference at eight oh nine? Thad had some moments I like against that. Giannis when he was well, here. Can but. you play Isaiah Jackson? Doesn't he just body the hell? And I feel Boy, like I just don't think I you can. Like he's Jackson athletic, but he's not big enough. Like none other. I don't know. Maybe Jalen Smith. Um, I'll be curious to see you know how you go there, and then obviously you know what do you do with Lopez, who certainly is a guy um, that can score. Uh, but last night, again, just bullish on the Pacers' depth, and it was on display. Um, again, when Halliburton has a scoreless first half, and you're still up what eight or nine at half, Buddy Heald has probably his worst shooting night of the year, and there is. You know, Matherin. Uh, Matherin was fantastic. In kind of takeover mode and then right. doing some other things too. Five offensive rebounds, four assists, a little better on the defensive end of the floor, along with 22 points. And I'll go back to something I said earlier because it has not been the norm in the Miles Turner career. Andy, a lot of opposing coaches have said to the Pacers, especially when Turner has been on the floor or, you know, since even the Sabonis trade of, we're just going to switch one through five. Because we don't think you can take advantage of six six guys switched onto you. A, I don't think the Pacers are comfortable throwing it in the post to you. And when they do, I don't think you will, you know, fully take advantage of that matchup. And last night the dude had twenty in the first half and just totally really just totally punked Utah in that approach with Walker Kessler on the bench not playing. Turner was great, Jalen Smith was great. He's been arguably the most consistent pacer uh through the first uh, you know, couple of weeks of the season there. So uh Turner uh, and it, Turner especially, um, that to me was a step in the right direction with him of, okay, if teams think they're going to do that, can you make them rethink that? And he absolutely did that in the first that's, half. Uh, that's Team USA participant Walker Kessler. That is. Okay. I saw him and Tyrese, res- Tyrese Halliburton had a little moment <laughs> after the game, and I'm thinking what, to myself, what a moment. What is going on there? Is there an Auburn-Iowa State history? No. And then I, I remember the Ho- Walker Kessler. Hopefully all the cameras were there. on Team to USA. Ca- to catch that embrace uh, after see, the game. Uh, you see who was uh, in attendance last night? Uh, on the, I did. Uh, fame scale? Letterman was. How about that? David Letterman and Pat McAfee. Okay, so McAfee is going to be 55 years old wearing the same thing. There's no doubt about it. The black cutoff? The the, the cutoff, the sleeveless, that's what he does. It's something he can can pull off. Uh, He was there with jazz owner Ryan Smith. Yeah, so they are boys, it seems like. Uh, Apparently. So the reason I bring that up is I don't know anything about Ryan Smith. Obviously, he's got a ton of money. He owns, what, the MLS team there. He owns the Utah Jazz. So this guy, he knows what he's doing, okay? But he's, 
he's 45 years old, okay, is Ryan Smith. I was curious how old he is. Okay, well, that's the reason. When I saw him, I had to look it up because Ryan Smith, the owner of the Jazz, who was there last night, he's got the... I'm getting older, but I'm hanging on to my youth. Mm-hmm. Does that yeah, make right. sense? Like Shane Second hanging on to Jim Irsay in the locker room. Yeah, yes, yes. And eventually it will just slip away where he'll be hanging on to a couple fingers and then he'll have to embrace, you know, maybe when he gets to the 50s. And listen, these uber-rich guys can kind of do whatever the heck they want to do, uh, but he's the, he's the kind of guy who's in his mid-40s who can still do the Jordans, maybe perhaps some skinny jeans, and then uh, he can do do the hair to where it looks a little bit fancier, right? That's what Ryan Smith can pull off. And God bless him. I'm 39 and I can't do, I'm wearing sweatpants right now. I can't do any of that. Now, was I imagining things, was Dwayne Wade like a part owner of the Jazz? He was, wasn't he? All right, I guess, should yeah, I talk he, in present tense? Is he? Yeah, he is. I there He's was a minority owner, is he not? With Ryan Smith there. And I remember McAfee. Yeah, he is. This would have been several weeks ago uh, when college game day was at Utah. Um, Utah Utes, that is, of course. Uh, McAfee went to the game and sat next to Ryan Smith at that game. So I think that's probably where some of that connection comes from. By the way, I thought the Letterman beer looked fantastic last night. Looked outstanding. Have you met Letterman? I have not. Really? No. I'm surprised no. by that. With all your media happenings <laughs> and everything. Has Jake met Has Jake met him? I bet he has, hasn't I, I, he? I would assume. Yeah, yeah, I bet he has. Letterman's parents did live uh, near where I grew up. Uh, but no, I have never met the legend that is David Letterman. Okay, who's the most famous person to go to a Pacers game in the last five years? Is it Letterman? Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell? Mark says Will Ferrell. Yeah. Okay, that's a good one. <laughs> Mark, didn't we have Will Ferrell and 50 Cent together at a oh, game last man. year? Okay. I don't know if they were together, but they were both that's there. That's pretty good. Yeah, they were there because... One revved it up one night, and then 50 Cent and like his vodka or tequila or something. I think you, Jake, and I were all at the game, not together, but just randomly, and Will Ferrell and 50 Cent were like five seats away from each other. Yeah. And Will Ferrell like revved up the Indy car, and Fifty Cent was like, so yeah, selling his vodka or something. <laughs> Will Ferrell probably is the. I mean, yeah, I mean, Will. Who's more popular, Fifty Cent, Will Ferrell, or David Letterman? Boy, that's a that's that could go anywhere, oh, it's really. Be Ferrell, right? We have, yeah, well, probably. Yeah, is Will Ferrell? I, I would I would say he is. Uh, Pacers Bucks again tonight. Seven o'clock. Our coverage will begin at six thirty. First matchup with Giannis and company this year. Uh, can we get to some cold stuff yeah. here? Two three nine ten seventy. Uh, if you don't mind. Uh, okay. So there's something. I just want your thoughts on this. So we just had Joel A. Erickson on uh, about forty five minutes ago. You miss any of that? Check it out. One zero seven five thefancom Wherever you get your podcast. And I mean, it sure sounds like Josh Downs is not going to be out there on Sunday. You would you would go along with that, like. I was going to ask you. I want to what, see today. Okay, I was going to ask yeah. you what percentage, what your gut feeling was on a Thursday. There's still, you know, there's still a few yeah, days. Today is a massive. You know, again, yesterday was just a walkthrough. Sure. Today is the big, big one for all these injured guys. Right, and you know, if they don't have Josh Downs, we know the margin for error for this team. We know the wide receiver room. It's Pittman. It's Downs, and that has been thus far about it. So this is yesterday. Shane Steichen, next man up with Josh Downs, if he were not to play. Yeah, I think the next guy steps up, and I thought Isaiah stepped up in his role uh, and did a good job for us. But you know, it, it's always with anything. You know, you lose a really good player. You know, it's not you know it's not completely going to be the same, but it's that next man up mentality, and you go from there and you adjust uh, in the flow of the game. Okay, and then two days ago, this is clip eleven. Jim Bob Cooter talked about losing Josh Downs as well. Josh has done a nice job for us this year, and uh, you know, anytime you anytime you lose a, lose a player that's playing good football. 
uh, you got to make an adjustment or two. But Isaiah stepped right in and, and was able to to fill that role uh, in a lot of different areas and a lot of different sort of route concepts and, and run blocking, run concepts, uh, all the all the things all the things we asked that 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 position to do, those guys to do. Um, Isaiah was able to step right in and, and, and sort of take advantage of the opportunity to get the ball in his hands a couple times. Okay, so I, I, listen. I know they're saying the right things there, especially Jim Bob. Of uh, you know, Mackenzie came in there and we, he did the things that we asked him to do, uh, and I understand that, and I understand that it's next man up. But I texted you this this morning. I feel like there's not a next man up. It, it, it's a slap in the face. <laughs> Josh Downs back. I mean, like yeah, uh, there is a se- seamless transition here. There's not, and, and I think you did feel some of that on. On Sunday, when you didn't have Downs in line, you know, the thing that's really impressed me about Downs, I, I guess two things, Andy. One, no matter Richardson or Minshew, he's been a favorite target. Two very different style quarterbacks, and he has been a consistent favorite target of each of them. And he's a he's a rookie. You know, oftentimes it can take a rookie a little while to kind of earn that quarterback's trust. And then two. This is not just a slot receiver that it's like, all right, you know, on third and four, he puts his foot in the ground, he tries to beat a linebacker, and he gets open. We have seen a variety of different routes that Josh Downs has not only run, but has recorded big-time catches on. So, um, to me, yes, this is a very notable loss if indeed he's going to miss this game. And it's not one that you just seamlessly replace with a Isaiah McKenzie. And, and I think there is a domino effect, Andy, of like if he doesn't play, that feel that makes Bill Belichick feel a little bit better about saying, let's commit even more to stopping the run game here. Downs to me is a guy that there needs to be a game plan for. And and I mean that is a huge, huge compliment in my opinion to say to a rookie at the halfway point of his first NFL season. Oh, I think it's a potentially massive loss. I mean, we're talking about we're talking about beating bad teams, and they were even as, as ugly as the offense was Sunday in Carolina, Kevin. I, I almost don't even care right now. It's like, go beat New England 17-13, right? Go get a pick six to win the game uh, and everything else. And I feel that even more if Downs is not there. Downs is, uh, I mean, to me, this is the type of guy that is going to have more than 80 catches in a season, right? And if they get prolific on offense in the next year or two, Anthony Richardson's healthy, uh, they're, you know, they're dynamic, they can run the ball, and that opens up the pass, you know, we talked with Joel in our number one, and we we mentioned this as well on the show, that this Patriot defense, they can stop the run. And so when you look at having Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss and, you know, in my estimation, an above average offensive line, and Braden Smith is back on Sunday, that's even better for the Colts and how good and how, you know, the quality of that offensive line that there's going to be throwing options. And Joel mentioned that they didn't take advantage of that in the Jacksonville game. They didn't take advantage of that Sunday in Carolina. They're going to have to do that. And so if you take downs off the field, you're left with Pittman. And I'm sorry, you know, Isaiah McKenzie had two catches for 12 yards. There is no next man up. And Pierce has been, listen, Pierce plays all the snaps. And he may be a great, you know, uh, defender or a 
a run blocker down the field and he may be able to draw that you know 35 yard penalty when you have a jump ball situation and he can get the PI down the field I get all those things but he also never gets targeted and he never gets catches and I don't know if that's on him if that's on the quarterback if it's just simply the offense if it's a combination of all those things but I mean you have Pittman who who is a stud who's out there and if Downs is out you know McKenzie is shaky sorry he is he's shaky I mean there's no other way to put it and Pierce has not been a part of this offense and then you even throw in things like you know if if they would have practiced yesterday Kevin uh, Ogletree w- would not have been in there you're getting next to nothing receiving from uh, from the tight end position I, I don't know, man. I, I, I just, I mean, to me, to me, I want to be able to run the football in this game. But if that is taken away, like we have seen in the second half, the last couple games, the running game has absolutely, was it six cut touches for seven yards, I think it was, against Carolina on Sunday. The running game has been taken away the last couple games in the second half. Can they throw, and with only Michael Pittman out there, I would imagine, even for a bad Patriots team, I mean, this is as easy of an offense you would think there is to guard. To me, losing Josh Downs here would be huge. It would be massive. Siri chiming in? It was Siri. She was recording everything I was just saying there. Oh, boy. Fire that off to Nikki. Good morning uh, on that. Uh, (laughs) Isaiah McKenzie, Andy's been in the league since 2017, and honestly, if you look at Josh Downs' first, whatever, eight games, I mean, he's already put up games that Isaiah McKenzie would have dreamed of in his NFL career. So, yeah, I, I just, no. I, there's no way that next man up is seamless at that spot again. That would be an absolute slap in the face at Josh Downs to say something uh, like that. Again, the Colts' first practice of the week will be today. I know we played a clip from him yesterday, but I cannot stress to you enough. And, and I feel like this guy already has just sheer joy. He, I think he's probably the happiest guy in the Colts' locker room. Bernard Ryman is the happiest human in the world this week. I mean, I could not express to you the smile on his face yesterday in describing what he's about to experience here over the next, you know, really 72 hours of playing. Um, I think he said it's a six-hour drive. His family and friends, it sounds like you're going to do the train or maybe even fly from his hometown in Austria to Frankfurt. Yeah, good he's for got them. 18 family and friends coming to the game. 17 of them have never seen him play football in the States. You know, college or and sure. obviously college, he ran into a COVID year. Uh, his dad's the only one that has come over and seen him play. So just what an incredible moment for him. I, I found it really cool, and I guess this is a little bit of the sentimental value of playing these international games. Ryman actually has been to an NFL game in Europe. He went to, uh, he said, Vikings Steelers. Still has the ticket oh, stub. God. What year was that? At his mom's house in Austria. I think he said 2013. Uh, Vikings Steelers he went to in London. But here he is on Sunday playing in a stadium that is a Bundesliga stadium, the German Football League. And he was like, if you would have told Bernard, you know, at whatever, age 12, 13, you'd be in that stadium, he would have never thought it'd be for American football. He would have thought the other football. Football. Um, so what just a moment for him. Uh, Sunday's going to be like, I know he'll certainly be a fan favorite media-wise on Friday when they get over there. I uh, said he's going to get a chance to uh, have dinner with his family on Saturday night. Um, so just a really, really cool experience for Bernard Ryman and you know, I, I know I'm probably not supposed to have you know super rooting interest in this, but I really hope Ryman has a pretty solid and sound game well, on Sunday. And, and you know, last year, 
against New England, it was I mean it was a struggle certainly for the entire Colts offensive line with nine sacks allowed in that game. Fortunately for them, no Matthew Judon. And this matchup with him on IR, but uh, going to be really cool to see Ryman on Sunday. Well, that was my biggest worry was, you know, this guy's, he's he's all jazzed up. He's got 18 people coming over. I hope he plays well. I know, right? I know. That, that always, starter that too, always, maybe. Yeah, that always yeah. scares me. He gets a, a holding call that negates maybe the only chance that Jonathan Taylor has of getting in the end zone. All right, I'm looking at it. 2013 Viking Steelers. He was there. Uh, <laughs> how about him still having the ticket stub? How about both these teams stinking? Going into this game, 0-4 versus 1-3. How about that? That was Vikings Steelers. Uh, it was. Uh, Minnesota's quarterback, I could give you 10 guesses. You're not going to get it. You're- Sam Bradford. Matt Castle. Oh, gosh. That's a- Sam Bradford's a good guess by you. Uh, Matt Castle, the leading receiver for the Vikings that day. Not Greg Jennings. Not Cordell Patterson. Not Toby Gerhard. Oh, my gosh. Jerome Simpson was the leading. Toby Gerhardt was a legend at Stanford. <laughs> you better believe he was. And the, uh, the leading receiver wasn't Antonio. Brown, although he did have 12 for 88 for Big Ben. Jericho Cotchery, uh, I almost called him Crotchery, oh, which would have been NC funny. State product. Jericho Cotchery had 5 for 103 and a touchdown. How about some other names here? Felix Jones was in this game. Oh, a legend at Arkansas. <laughs> are we So are we done with ticket stubs? I mean, I, I, I used yeah. to save them all. I don't have I don't have any. I don't I think have I've one. got mine in a shoebox under Rosie's bed. Okay, do you you keep your media passes as well then? You probably do, don't you? Uh, for the most part, yeah. Okay, so you have them all the way dating back, what, uh, you have what, Pacers and Big Ten stuff and IU stuff and Colts stuff and everything else? Yeah, yeah. Combine stuff? I don't know what the hell I'll, I'll ever do with them. I also have pretty much every Sports Illustrated cover from like 2000 to 2000 and, um, I don't know, 12, 13, something like that. Well, My sixth grade teacher, Carl Kinnear, shout out to him at Clay Junior High, <laughs> he had Sports Illustrated covers on the walls. And I was like, Did that is really? so cool. And I want to do that. Why so, why'd you give up? You just uh, got tired of it? Yeah, I just got okay. tired of it. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's too bad. Yeah, I don't that, have I don't have any collection like that whatsoever. No collections. That kind of surprised me say. about you. Yeah, I, I you know, I should have got into the memorabilia business. Uh, you know, yeah, you can smell you can sell sports cards for a lot of money. Yes, you can. Why are my cards when I was like ten years old, but they mass produced them so they're not worth anything now? They're just not worth anything. I don't know. I have a couple Lawrence Taylors. Are they worth anything? No. I'm not going to pull a Mark Dykton and give you know uh, give a cousin or a nephew uh, my valuable cards. I, I, we, we found out he did that I with Pokemon have, yesterday. I still have guilt for this. I ripped off um, a kid on my bus in sixth grade for a Marvin Harrison Syracuse <laughs> oh, card. What did you give him? I, that's a great question. I don't know, like Brad Skioli or oh, I don't know. Man. What you know, two cards? You know, Brad Skioli. A two for one. Here's Brad Skioli and Mike Peterson. Well, did the, did Trust the, me. Did the parents ever? You know, kind of circle back around and say, hey, our kids made an unfair trade here. If I remember correctly, the parents intervened. Okay, yeah, yeah, that happens. Not one of my best moments there. (laughs) Yeah. I think I ripped a kid off for a Phil Sims back in the day. Clearly the guilt is still living (laughs) in me. All right, Scott Agnes here in a few. We will talk Pacers with him. A lot to cover on and off the floor with that. Uh, Let's do a morning check down before that. The morning check down. On 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. 
Obviously, we've been talking about it. 134-118. That's the win last night for the Pacers. They moved to 5-3. and three. Uh, Matherin, I thought he was one of the big stars of the game. We've heard a lot of sound today. Now it's Bre- Brewers, goodness. Uh, it is Bucks and Pacers tonight. Uh, that's coming to your way at 7 o'clock. Bally Sports and right here on The Fan. NBA TV for those outside of this market, I guess, wanting to tune in. Uh, all right, Colts injury report. We mentioned it a little bit earlier. Again, just a walkthrough for them yesterday. Braden Smith was listed as a full participant. If he practices today, that would be his first practice participation uh, since October 12th. The guys that were listed as did not participate, or I probably should say would not participate, Zaire Franklin, Josh Downs, Drew Ogletree, and Juju Brents. That would be three games missed for Brents. So continue to monitor that as the Colts have a practice today and then head to Germany coming up tonight. Quickly, Shane Steichen yesterday on the Patriots. What do they do? What do they do well? Here's the head coach. I just think they play hard. They play together. Uh, they do a good job schematically uh, with what they do defensively. They've been doing it for a long time. I and mean, we just got to be on it with details and communication. I'd say the Not most sure they do any of those things. The most candid I've heard Shane Steichen this year is describing Belichick. Yeah, we'll play that one later. Quite yeah. the fan. Well, I mean, of course he's of he's got to be. I mean, that's like I don't know if you're in radio. I don't know who are the if you're a Howard Dan Stern Patrick. fan, Dan Patrick. Yeah, uh, any of those. And then of course, week ten of the NFL season it is underway. It's an early toilet bowl. We still need the toilet flush sounder. Stink. Bears and Panthers. Bears favored by three and a half. And over under there at 38 and a half at Soldier Field. 1 and 7 versus 2 and 7. Feel the power on a Thursday night. 49ers Jags. Is that our game of the week? Browns Ravens do it for you? I don't, 49ers Jags is kind of intriguing. Uh, that's all AFC South bias coming out there. No, but. I think Niners Jags. I mean, if the Niners lose that one, that's four in a row. at Chargers. Oh, I, I mean, that's a good game. No, I think there's a couple low-key fun games like Texans-Bengals is low-key fun. I mean, I don't know. I mean, can C.J. Stroud go on the road and yeah, throw actually, for 350 yards against Cincinnati? You're actually starting to talk me into a few more of these games. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad – it's not the best slate, but, I mean, Ravens-Browns could be fun. Uh, you know, I mean, the Niners lose this one. They're 5-4, and four and they've lost four straight games. I mean, there's a chance they're not a playoff team, especially if Seattle wins. Uh, NFC, though. Who are, I mean, who the hell I know. are the wild card Someone's got to make it. Uh, the Jags coming out of their bye week. All right, on the other side, Scott Agnes. A lot to get to, not only on the floor, but again, off the floor, Bally Sports, the in-season tournament, city uniforms, etc. We'll chat. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. That was Scott about that. Coming up on the other side. All right, Scott Agnes going to join us here in just a second. Reminder, Pacers Bucks coming up tonight at 6.30. Reminder as well, Colts Patriots going to be an early one for everyone around here. Got to take a vacation after this one. Uh, 6.30 a.m. is going to be the start. Uh, all the pregame coverage getting you ready for the Colts and Patriots from Germany. Obviously, the win last night from the Pacers. Bucks in town tonight. And then it's going to be the Sixers on a Sunday, Tuesday. So things really picking up for the Pacers and to talk about that and much more our Thursday slot with Scott Agnes he joins us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline Fieldhouse Files Scott good morning sir how are you 
Hey, good morning. Good to be on once again. Well, uh, I'll just get out of the way here because I know Kevin wants to hound you about Bally Sports. <laughs> so uh, I'll just uh, go sit in the corner for 90 seconds. Go oh, ahead. Scott's probably like, wait, didn't he already text me earlier this week about it? Uh, Scott, it just seems to be, you know, I don't know, arguably the biggest kind of news item that fans are curious about through the first couple of weeks of the season. So we saw the announcement earlier this week with the NBA. And again, feel free to correct any of this that I have wrong. The NBA, I guess, taking over uh, the rights to the regional broadcast now moving forward. It won't happen until after this season. As best you know, what does that mean for the future of the Pacers and how we consume them on television? Yeah, so the biggest thing about that is the NBA wants to have the rights, you know, at, at the end of the season, and then it gives them options. It means, let's say things improve with Diamond Sports Group, which owns Valley Sports. Maybe, you know, teams re-up or continue on, or select teams continue on with Valley Sports. That's an option, and, and that's probably got to be an option for some of these teams because the regional sports networks it, uh, pays a lot of the bills that they big chunk for their local sports revenue um, uh, in town. Um, but realistically, what it also can create is several things that I could imagine. One, you really you go out and sell those rights to, to a company out there. You're talking your Amazon, your Apple Plus, whatever, um, for individuals to, to stream to. The other thing you could see is, at least from a digital standpoint, um, maybe it's something like uh, where you subscribe to League Pass and now you get every game, nothing is blacked out. So essentially NBA bringing those digital rights in-house and being able to take ownership of that. Um, one, one other random potential option could be for the NBA to help produce some of these, for, to help produce these games. Um, and, and I think we've seen this a little bit in baseball. And then it could be, you know, essentially on a linear network locally, but also the digital rights are in-house. So more than anything, it gives them the flexibility and um, the option to sell it as a group package to have full control at the end of the season um, from the digital rights standpoint. So basically, I I, I guess, I don't know, an educated guess for next year would be the Pacers are still going to be behind some sort of paywall from a streaming standpoint, but the hope is the functionality of said app or said streaming service obviously is better than what Bally Sports has been. Is that kind of fair to say? And then linear-wise, we'll see where it goes from an actual TV channel standpoint. Yeah, my best guess would be that you just anybody would subscribe to League Pass would be able to watch Pacer games. It might be a little bit more expensive than it is right now because you also get locally, um, but it, it gets those rights back. Versus right now, you have to subscribe to Bally Sports Plus to get Pacers games for twenty bucks a month. Would League Pass be available on like it? Like okay, I have AT and T Uverse. How would I? Would I not have access to a linear channel? I, I would think those would be in addition. So maybe let's say it continues on with Valley Sports or a local channel. It would have it will absolutely be available. I would imagine over a linear network. I don't think we're at the place now where it's all digital. And I think of other teams, especially like the Lakers, who have a mammoth linear deal out west with Spectrum Sports, for example. I'm sure something like that would absolutely continue on. Um, this would just be a more of a digital play and and really 
clean up the issues that they've had from that standpoint moving forward. And I think these are newer ownership groups. And by the way, this is the last one on this topic before my, you know, I bang my head against the wall. Uh, and watching the Jazz last night, correct me if I'm wrong here, they have done the uh, local channel for their games, correct? With Ryan Smith as a relatively new owner, and didn't the Suns yeah, do something it's similar? The two youngest owners. It's the two youngest owners. Yeah, Ryan Smith of the Jazz and Matt Ishby of Phoenix Suns. And, and simplifying what they've done, they no longer have a, the agreement with the regional network. They broke away from that. They're on one of the local stations in their city, and it's like doubled their potential viewership. Right. Sure. So you could have uh, you know, and just an antenna. And watch games for free, or you could subscribe to their app um, and, and pay a fee to watch games digitally um, since they, they own those digital rights. So that, that'll be the grand experiment, I think. And that's something I'm sure the NBA committee, uh, you know, television committee, and um, all these owners are paying close attention to. Is it, is it going to be an incredible success? Is it so-so? Is it more work than it's work? Um, but I'm glad some some team or two out there is doing it to consider all options right now. Yeah, there's just too many good options. I mean, you know, the NHL is all over ESPN Plus and what the NFL has obviously done. And I know college basketball is annoying with all the different things you might, you know, in Indiana and Purdue fans might need six, seven different services. But uh, there's there's no option of it being bad. And right now, at times, there's no doubt that it's bad. Scott Agnes with us here Thursday on the Fan. Uh, Benedict Matherin, uh, Rick Carlisle called it his greatest night in two years as an Indiana Pacer would you agree and what do you think besides scoring the coach meant last night yeah I think that was Rick just reinforcing everything that he's probably been saying to him behind the scenes constantly right it's it's not about your scoring it's about playing into the team concept it's about getting others open it's about passing to others uh it's about looking um and playing within the greater flow of the offense so um, it was his best offensive game, certainly, for this season. And then um, overall, I, I, I think you're just seeing steady progress. And he's one that doesn't show a, a ton of outward, I don't know, positive emotion. He's not one who's going to sit down and do a 20-minute uh, media interview necessarily. He's all about ball. And so for them to, to go out there, get the, get the big win in the, in the sort of way they did, and for him to – play the way Rick has been wanting to see and for him to get that results, that can be fruitful. That's a positive reinforcement, I think, uh, to Ben, because there's no doubt it's been a challenging first couple of weeks just in terms of what we've seen from him. And him, you know, he's, he's had to break some bad habits. He's had to learn some new good habits. Um, and those take time. Uh, so I thought this was just a good positive reinforcement for what he's been working on since the summer. Again, Scott Agnes is with us here. Fieldhouse Files, Pacers now 5-3 and three on the year. Scott, I want to go back to last Friday night. We saw the in-season tournament. We saw the new court associated with that. Um, I know there were some questions, particularly early in the game, on the slipperiness of said court. Has there been any kind of follow-up on that, on you know correcting that moving forward? Um, and, and if I'm not think they just installed that the night before is that correct for uh, for that friday game against cleveland yeah there was a concert the night before i think it was 1975 uh played play the night before i've not heard anything on uh the the court being updated just yet or or 
concerned or, or whatever outside of that night. But it was it was definitely something real. Uh, it was it was interesting to see the players there hesitant since it was new and it, all everybody was talking about. They were a little bit hesitant to to note how it was slippery, but we all saw it. We all saw how Tyrese Halliburton on the first possession kind of did the splits there at midcourt. Then several, uh, I think it was the next play, Jared Allen maybe slipped. And, and throughout the game, I thought Halliburton never looked comfortable, and I thought this was a result of um, both that early slip and then also remember he was dealing with an ankle injury that kept him out for one game. And you know, I was like, man, he just does not look comfortable out there. Then you saw more players slipping. I was like, all right, I think that's it. That's the number one thing right there. It's it, you know, with players, if they can't gr- grab their footing, um, you know, that's something they have to really pay close attention to. I thought the court was the only thing of the whole concept um, that I just didn't like. I, I thought the rest. Let's get give it time. Let's see how this all plays out. Um, but I thought the court was just way too in your face, a little bit over the top. But otherwise. Um, I mean, the games were good. If you were watching the other games throughout the week, so many of them were close, one or two possession games late, which is ex- exactly what the league is wanting. So um, tonight, by the way, will be a debut of the other new court, the in- the uh, city edition court, which is darker um, and, and gels well, I'd say, with the new city edition uniforms versus the league's in-season tournament court. Uh, you think Obi Toppin gets the Giannis assignment first tonight? Uh, man, it's hard to say. I think they're just going to take it by committee, but perhaps, yeah. Uh, Who else would you think? Would you think about Turner second? Bruce Brown's way too short, right? I mean, we've seen it. We've seen it all with this group. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Aaron Neesmith gets some time on him or, you know, (laughs) the, the trouble is that's the exact type of player or Giannis is a little bit of an exception but the 6-8 wing like a Gordon Hayward who is just in town the Pacers have nobody that can traditionally match up against him so I think they'll throw several bodies at him the one thing I do want to note that a lot of the audience may not have noticed last night was Giannis is going to be fired up tonight mm-hmm. because he was ejected early in the third quarter it was his second technical such a soft technical Scott it was so weak it was so weak it was, especially when it comes to one of the faces of your league. I understand you got to treat players the same, but I also recognize not all players are the same. And if this is your MVP candidate every year or a former MVP, he, he had a big dunk over a player, did a slight flex. I'm talking maybe one second. Um, and that's enough to issue a guy a technical, which is a direct result of him being ejected. Keep in mind, if it, if he didn't have one, then maybe you give him the technical. Right, you got to know the time and place and know who it is. You really do. I, I don't care what you say. And fans are there and paying big money to see Giannis, to see Dame, and for something so little like that, for an official to take exception and then following that play. If you notice, I don't like the the official doesn't give him an explanation. You can see Giannis go over to him and just say for what for what. <laughs> and and he doesn't get that conversation. I thought that that was wrong on that part. And so, to the larger point, I think Giannis will be fired up, and, and here's the first chance of Pacer fans to see Giannis and Dame in this new-look roster with a new head coaching staff um, here in Indy tonight. Yeah, and I would argue just in general, any player in the league, no matter their stardom, you better earn that second tech. 
Like, I mean, to get ejected from the game, <laughs> yep. it better be something, you know, very, very serious on that end. Um, okay, last one, Scott. And, and I don't know, I feel like I'm throwing all these, like, off-the-court questions at you. But you pointed out um, earlier this week, and I think we're now several years into this. Uh, maybe it was last week that you pointed this out. Uh, no jersey patch, no advertising patch Ooh. on the Pacers' uniform. Um, boy, I can't even remember. the Was it Motorola? I, I don't know why that's yeah. popping them. Okay, that was the previous company. What <laughs> What's up with that? And it doesn't seem like there's many teams that don't have a patch on their jersey. Yeah, right now they're a free agent. Um, I think they they had a uh, initial deal. I want to say it was two years back in 2018 with Motorola. This was just getting started, and the Pacers were the 29th of 30 teams to to agree to a deal, meaning they were they agreed to theirs late compared to most teams. And so uh, they did that initial run. It went over well, so they re-upped with Motorola, who had deals uh, with several different teams. I think Brooklyn Nets were one of those teams at, at the time, um, for example. And right now they're just a free agent. I'm sh- I, I haven't checked in on the situation lately, but I, I'm almost certain it's one of those – situations much like the naming rights to the field house where they're sitting back waiting for the right deal waiting for the right price and then and as they would say uh, a a partner that makes a lot of sense for them but um that's that's what that seems to be about and right now it leads to a cleaner look doesn't it on their on their uniforms yeah we just got this uh listener question here from ozzy curious about the in-season tournament pacers are one to know in that uh, November 14th, the 21st, and then the Thanksgiving Friday against Detroit. Those will be their final three games uh, in the group. And if they win that, then they'll head to Vegas for the final eight, uh, the Elite Eight, if you will, coming up in early December. Um, all right, Scott, great stuff, man. Thanks as always, and uh, we'll chat with you next week. All right, thank you, guys. Scott Agnes right there, Payless Liquors Hotline. We'll get back in the Colts conversation next. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. I appreciate Scott Agnes joining us, Fieldhouse Files. Uh, a lot of Pacer talk today. Pacers winners last night over the Utah Jazz. And now the Bucks in town coming up tonight. Our coverage at 6.30 right here on The Fan. Uh, we're having a Horizon League commissioner is coming on next, right? Yeah, Julie, Julie Rolatch Ro- is going to join us coming up here. On the other side, obviously, they've had a pretty strong footprint over the Coliseum with several oh, yeah. um, Horizon League championships. Uh, and then, I think we mentioned earlier in the week, you see uh, Purdue-Fort Wayne beat I did. DePaul. I did see that. Uh, Northern that Kentucky and, and uh, Washington tonight, so something could happen there. We only have a couple minutes here, so I'll just throw a fun story your way. Uh, have you seen in the final, well, the last couple weeks or so, KB, that Al Michaels, because every Thursday game seemingly stinks, that Al Michaels has found that he's catching popularity by telling everyone how he doesn't eat vegetables. Have you seen any of this conversation? No, I've not. Tell me more. Okay, so Al Michaels has never had a vegetable. He hasn't had a vegetable in 40 years, he said. Jeez. He doesn't eat any sort of vegetables whatsoever, which is whatever. You know, I don't care. It's funny. I think Rosie Bowen's on that same track record here. (laughs) I think a lot of people are. Uh, So he is clarified, by the way, that he counts a potato as a starch, not a vegetable. So he does eat potatoes. Okay, it's a good clarification. A potato's not a vegetable. 
Yeah, I, I think we would. I all, wish. Yeah, I, I do <laughs> too. So here's Al Michaels' top five most hated vegetables. They've released this before tonight's game, so I'm sure. This sounds it, like a first quarter item uh, well, for Bears and Panthers. It might be more of a third quarter, you know? It's kind of a boring game. So here you go. I'll go five to one. Number five most hated vegetable for Al Michaels, mushrooms. Oh, easily. Okay, number four, onions. So you're nodding your head with all this. Well, okay. and again, I, I've got the I food, love an onion. I've got the food palate of a third grader, okay, well, to be I, fair. Okay, I, I know I kind of figured that might be the case. So you're, you're chicken tenders and pizza then, basically, is what you're telling us. I, I will us. not say no to that. <laughs> number three, broccoli. Yeah, that's disgusting. Oh, I like broccoli. Okay. Number two, spinach. Hell no. And number one, and I got to agree with Al Michaels on this as much as anybody. I've taken heat in other markets on saying this. Asparagus. Ugh. Oh, I actually like asparagus. Ugh, do you? Ugh. But doesn't it make your pee like oh, smell weird? I guess. I guess so. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> Is that why El Michaels doesn't like it? <laughs> I like peppers. Celery. I mean, there are actually okay, some, it's not that bad, some veggies so. that I, I like. I figured I would throw that out there. So at some point tonight. All right, Kirk. If, what's uh, your thoughts on the vegetables, <laughs> Mr. Herbstreet? If Al Michaels has already won his first half bet, maybe, that he has on tonight's game, he might pivot to vegetable talk. Talk a little college athletics and then again get you set for Giannis and the Pacers coming up tonight. We'll do that in the 9 o'clock hour. AB and the ESPN guys on Get Up were doing their midseason NFL MVP. Greeny had TJ Watt as his uh, mid mid part of the season MVP. Harry Douglas had AJ Brown. How about that? I forget someone had Joe Burrow, and then of course there was a Jalen Hurts. Uh, so before we get the Horizon League commission, I'm going to put you on the spot. Who would be your midseason NFL MVP? Nothing for Tua. Nothing for Mahomes. Nothing for Tua. I Mahomes would imagine. Mahomes has been, I guess, pretty quiet. Yeah. For his standard. I, I, Mahomes actually has had kind of a down year. Yeah, I mean, he right. might break all of his interception like totals. Brown one. Yeah, I kind of do as well. I, I I would have to, I hate to say it, I'd probably have to go with someone with Philadelphia. Right? Right now? I don't know. I guess that's how I feel. This is me totally just talking about what happened in the one game that I saw, but I mean, I would assume Miles Garrett would get some consideration. I mean, defensive player of the year at least. Again, it was like 30 quarterback hurries and a little over like 100 and some snaps, whatever that was. So, he's been a freak show as well. Yeah, I, I AJ Brown, I mean, the consistency that he has put up. It's the worst trade in NFL history. Uh, it, it got a GM fired. You know, it was great a few years ago when you saw Devontae Smith finally win the Heisman, because so many times it's sure. just, you have the wideout and they point to his quarterback, and even in the NFL, whether it's Tyree Kill with two up whether it's Jalen Hurts, I mean, and Jalen Hurts and two are both great players. Don't act like they aren't, but still, I think those wideouts individually, uh, they deserve a lot of credit. Yeah, you could even go Tyree Kill with that one. I mean, to me, I, I would throw him in there. Tua, I would like Tua, but they just they just got to get like that one marquee win. You can't beat up on the Patriots and the Giants every week. You can't, it can't be the Jets every week. It's got to be somebody else. And again, a bye week coming up for a lot of those names we just mentioned. Dolphins on a bye, the Eagles on a bye week as well. So, uh, were you are you a Colts midseason MVP or do, do you agree with the Zaire Franklin? Would you go yeah. Kenny Moore? Uh, Would you go well, somebody else? I went Zach Moss. If you remember okay. when we were going to do this last week, and then Bobby Knight passed away, and obviously we spent all day Thursday and even part of Friday, and then Friday we got you ready for the Carolina game. The only reason I went Zach Moss is there was nothing else there. I mean, Deion Jackson got cut, and what Evan Hall got, he had the one carry, did he not? That got called back, and his 
Suns season came to an end, and so you're sitting there, and it's like, I know that it's a somewhat interchangeable position, but if Zach Moss were not healthy for week two, three, and four, I don't even know who the running back would have been. Would they have had to go get somebody? Are you a, um, and this kind of gets into, I think, where you're going with Moss. Do you look at MVP and yeah. do you take the acronym? Or I know. Do you call it the best player? No, I call it the, I, I call is it the it best player. Is it the most pl- valuable player I know, or is I it know. the best player? I usually do the best player, but I did. I kind of I kind of went against myself. If if I would have went with Moss, I would have went against myself. I mean, Zaire Franklin, before the injury, could have had 200 tackles this season. Because right? I find this with Tyrese Halbert and the Pacers. If you are listing the most valuable players to their respective NBA teams... Andy, name me five players more valuable to their respective teams than Halliburton of the Pacers. Oh, I know. I, listen, I, I know. If he gets, if he's out, if there's rest, if there's an injury, you guys saw this at the latter parts of last year. There's just year. such a steep no. drop to who no. number two would be no. as a consistent basis. No, I, and again, that's where I uh, am a little torn because if you're going to label best player, you know he's he's not in, in the top five best NBA players. But when you get into that valuable part, that's where I think. It becomes really, really uh, A story that we have not uh, got into that I was going to bring up in one of these kind of like opening segments, and now I'm looking for it. Did you happen to see? So ESPN puts together their top 25 players under to under 25. Have you seen this at all? No. Okay. Now, is this NFL related? No, no. This, sorry. This is NBA. Okay. You mentioned Tyrese Halliburton. He's obviously very high on this list. Uh, players under 25 years old in the NBA, the top 25 under t- uh, under 25, Luka's number one. Okay. I don't think that's surprising. Where do you think... Where do you think they have Halliburton? Oh gosh, um, and he's high on the list, obviously. So I'm telling you, he's he's at the top. Yeah, he's not number I mean, twenty three. Edwards has got to be up. Okay, there, so Edwards certainly. Edwards is two on is this he list. Two? Yeah, uh, Edwards is two. Let's go with six for Halliburton. Okay, so Victor's three. Wembenyana. Tyrese Halliburton is four, Ooh. and he's over John ja Morant at five and Cade Cunningham at six. Now, who is is this anonymous GMs or is this just strictly? No, I think this is just the ESPN gas bags, media people. Yeah, I think it's just the ESPN guys. It's Bobby Marks. Full top ten. Yeah, it's uh, Bobby Marks, Kevin Pelton. I don't know Andre Snellings. I, I don't know him and Tim uh, Bontemps. I don't know him. So but who, yeah, who's after Halliburton at four? Uh, so after Halliburton at four is John ja Morant at five, Cade Cunningham at six. Zion Williamson at seven, and they're being nice there. Darius Garland, eight. LaMelo Ball, nine. Jaron Jackson, ten. And then at 11, Tyrese Maxey, who I think is going to have a stud season. That is low for Maxey, I feel like. Well, I think if you did this list at the end of this season, I think Maxey would be in the top five or six. Yeah, I would agree. On that end, um, I believe we have. Julie- oh, do we have Julie Rowe Latch joins yes. us, yeah, Horizon yeah. League Commissioner on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Julie, good morning. How are you today? Good morning, Kevin and Andy. I'm great. How are you? Uh, well, thank you so much for joining us on this Thursday. I guess let's just start here. It's a uh, it's a new season when we look, of course, just at basketball, if we did, uh, men's and women's basketball. But I know it's year-round for you guys. And uh, you started in January, and you've been on the job now for 10 and 11 months. I guess what objectives did you have back in January, and where are you right now as we kind of get ready to go into the new year? Yes, it's definitely been a whirlwind, and how exciting. Obviously, no shortage of issues in college sports these days either. Sure. Uh, but fr- from a Horizon League perspective, we're, we're really focused on basketball excellence and moving the needle, and we've started to do that both on the men's and women's side, so that's exciting. 
And then just this past year, we focused a lot on what's happening off the court from a mental health perspective to an NIL perspective. We've launched a league-wide marketplace so our student-athletes can do some deals. And then we just did a brand recharge to really celebrate what's pretty darn special about our league. And that's been received really well, and we're, and we're still working on it. Obviously, locally, the Coliseum has been great in terms of championships for men's and women's basketball here locally for the Horizon League. And Julie Rolach with us, uh, the commissioner of the Horizon League on the Payless Lookers Hotline. Uh, you, could you expand a little bit more on marketplace NIL conference-wise? I, I, I don't know. I feel like I, I live in such an NIL bubble. I just assume it's strictly university-specific from school to school. Uh, what is it from a conference standpoint that you guys are able to provide to your uh, student-athletes? Yeah, sure. So there's on the from a conference perspective, you know, when NIL launched, we looked at, okay, what, what are the gaps here that our student-athletes need? And one was education, just to understand how do you build a brand? If you don't have one, how do you go about building one and primarily through social media? And then two, what are the deals that you might be able to capitalize on? And as we talked to different vendors out there, they would come to us and say, hey, can we present to all your schools? And I said, well, why don't you present to us because I would rather leverage all 3,000 of our student-athletes and take that power into one place, and then we can attract brands like we have, like Dunkin' Donuts, to hire some of our student-athletes, because they're thinking, well, if I can search not just one school, but across our six-state, ten-city footprint, because we've got two schools in Detroit, let's really think about how we could capitalize on that. And it's it's worked well. We've done just under $300,000 worth of transactions for our student-athletes. I should say we. It's not we. It's them. <laughs> so the student-athletes are, are going back and forth directly negotiating with these brands who are hiring them through this space. If I made you fill in the blank, NIL is blank, What? how would you fill in that blank, do you think? Um, oh, that's a tough one. Can I answer it with two words? Sure, yeah. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, sure. All right. I, I'd say uh, one word is it's opportunity, and then the other word is a challenging because sure. w- what I just described through the NIL Horizon League marketplace with Open Doors, I, I call that legit NIL because those are earnest opportunities where student-athletes are capitalizing on their persona as a Division One elite student-athlete. Then you've got the exploited NIL, and that's why the NCAA and others are really lobbying Congress pretty hard because – some, and you read about them in the headlines, we're not quite sure what the actual dollar values are because there is no requirement to disclose or be transparent about the deals. But you read about in some of the Power 5 schools where student-athletes are getting six-figure, maybe even seven-figure deals, and that's not because of who they are. It's because those collectives want those student-athletes to go to those schools and play. And that's, that's where there's been a real movement of we've got to figure out how do we get this space regulated. Um, because one, And we, also those deals aren't always in the best interest of the student-athletes. We don't know how much money they're actually getting versus how much their advisors or agents, I put that in air quotes, are, are taking from those deals. Can Julie Rolach is with us here, uh, Horizon League Commissioner as the men's and women's season's underway. Shout out to the uh, Purdue-Fort Wayne men's team. They got a big win over to Paul. Uh, that is Big East to Paul the other night. Uh, you guys have had such kind of a geographic footprint, I feel like, here in the Midwest. I know Robert Morris, I feel like, in addition here somewhat recently, um, so extending a little bit there. But for the most part, you've been very geographically centric to the Midwest. Uh, do you see that continuing to be kind of how you want to be branded? Because obviously Obviously, some conferences, it's like, wait a minute, show me on a map where some of these schools are. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> well, there there is a reality to travel. I mean, I'm getting ready to head from Indianapolis to Detroit today for our men's soccer semifinals. And I think it does matter from a student-athlete experience standpoint. So absolutely, when we talk about membership opportunities and potential expansion, of course we look at values and fit. We look at academics. We look at commitment to sport excellence, in particular basketball. And then we do look at geographic proximity to our current members. It, From our perspective, it doesn't make sense to crisscross the country for competition when our student-athletes have to get back to class or need to study for finals or just are balancing the rigors of being a Division One student. So we absolutely look at that. Now, to your point, it's not, it's not to say we wouldn't push out on our borders a bit. Robert Morris was a tremendous ad and also brought us Pittsburgh. And that's mm-hmm. been, I think, a unique, distinctive factor of our league. We're in some major metropolitan cities, which provides some pretty outstanding experiences for our student-athletes. Julie Rolatch with us here. Pay Less Liquors Hotline Thursday on the fan. You know, I, I just got thinking, uh, obviously, you mentioned the DePaul game. KB just mentioned that in tonight, Northern Kentucky. I, I did sports radio in Louisville, so I know a bunch of people went to Northern Kentucky, the Fighting Norse, uh, Julie. And so they have a big game against Washington tonight. Actually, only about 12, 13 point underdogs there on the road. You know, the Horizon League, along with many others, one bid leagues, whether it be the men or the women, are you in favor of expanding the NCAA tournament? <laughs> uh, you know, I hate to I hate to give the qualifying answer, but it depends how you know how big would we go and under what circumstances, and what would be the criteria for those additional teams getting in. Um, obviously, some changes were announced with the NIT last week that I did not support, nor sure. did many of my commissioner peers. So, it's got to be a more thoughtful, collaborative pro- process. I know that. The men's basketball committee is taking a hard look at that, as is the women's basketball committee. And that's part of their job, but those are also commissioners and ADs that can go about it in a thoughtful process. And and part of it is, what's what does that mean from a timing standpoint? How's that going to impact our regular season, our conference championships? So I, it's a it's a it's not a straightforward of, yeah, let's just add more games. I think it's got to be, what are the pros and cons of it? And I guess for those that missed that NIT announcement, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Julie, but basically in years past, let's say, whatever, Purdue-Fort Wayne wins their regular season, they don't win the tournament, therefore they don't get into the NCAA tournament, they would still get a bid to the NIT, and that is no longer? You're you're right, that is no longer. And we've had some teams have some real success in the NIT. Valpo a few years ago went all the way to Madison Square Garden when the finals were held there. We had Oakland win a few games recently. Youngstown hosted Oklahoma State last year, and it came down to a last-second game. So, I mean, there's that has been an extraordinary opportunity for that deserving regular season champion who might not be able to put two days of great basketball together when it comes time for our tournament. And for strong leagues like ours that have a lot of parity, it's not just one or two teams every year, that having that NIT opportunity is a big darn deal. Uh, get Julie Rolatch with us here, along the uh, along with the Horizon League Commissioner duties. She's also the chair of the Indiana Sports Corps Board right here in our great city, which brings tons of invaluable events to the city of Indianapolis. What is next on the calendar there? Obviously, I know we've got the All-Star Game coming up February. Um, yeah, I feel like we've got a – do we still have a Big Ten football title this year? Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to like juggle uh, what events we have here <laughs> coming up, and I feel like you would be the perfect person to uh, toss that question. 
we, we've got an exciting rest of this decade, and we're already actually looking into the 2030s, believe it or not, with some big-time events. But, yes, we do have a Big Ten football championship we're excited about coming this way in December. And then you mentioned the All-Star game. The Pacers are doing an extraordinary job leading that. Mel Raines and Rick Houston and their crew in Sports Corp is, is partnering with them to support that. And what's really big on the Sports Corp radar for 2024 – we're going to build a few pools in Lucas Oil Stadium ah, for the Olympic yes, trials. Yes. How about oh, nice. That? So that's, okay. It's, that will be historic, um, both from a numbers standpoint of attendees, but also uh, that's never been done before. And I just kudos to the entire team over at Lucas Oil Stadium. Mm. Um, it's just incredible that we're going to be able to do that. And what's that expected nightly attendance? It's in the, I, I, I feel like it's in like the 20, 30 thousands, right? That's exactly right. Yeah, it's just over 30,000 capacity. Wow. And, and it's a nine-day event. Right. Tickets are on sale now. <laughs> so <laughs> you go to indianasportscorp.org. Sorry, but you opened the door for me. No, <laughs> no, it's it. great. Walk on in. We, yeah, we want our city and state and the region. I mean, this is an incredible swimming community, and, and we want that support to happen to, to really deliver to USA Swimming because this is going to be terrific for our, our Olympic hopefuls. It's it's fantastic. Yeah, obviously talking to people much more educated in that field, they're like qualifying for the U.S. team in some instances is more difficult than even you know competing in the Olympics itself with just how deep the competition is here in the U.S. Right. Uh, again, Julie Rolach with us, Horizon League Commissioner. Uh, it's a busy time of year if they are underway with their biggest sports in men's and women's basketball. And again, chair of the sports corps as well. Julie, congrats on all the success here, especially over the past calendar year. And uh, looking forward to more conversations thanks so much i appreciate it have a good day you too that is julie rolach horizon league commissioner right there uh december 2nd by the way the big 10 football championship uh, that will continue to be here as of right now uh it is iowa representing the big 10 west uh, the Big Ten East a little bit more up in the air, exactly what that's going to look like. Of course, Ohio State and Michigan undefeated. You've got one loss, Penn State. Uh, I think if you are on the sports court and you are having some local businesses here, yeah. you would want the Hawkeyes of Iowa. No kidding. What do they do? They drink beer. They drink beer. They travel. They don't score a lot of points. No, but, but they, they drink. They punt the hell out of that football. They punt, they drink, and they eat. Uh, I thought, Mark, and you might have a little bit more info on this, uh, one of the bars across the field, across uh, from Wrigley Field mm-hmm. announced that last, it was last Saturday, right, Iowa Northwestern, yeah. mm-hmm. uh-huh. that they uh, the most drank beer in really? one-day history of their bar was last Saturday. Really? Thank mm-hmm. you to the Hawkeyes of Iowa yeah. for that. So don't like think this, the North is booming in Wrigleyville. <laughs> don't think the Northwestern grads contributed <laughs> to, to that yeah. as much as the Iowa. They have to drink uh, mixed cocktails or as we smoke coming off with a cocktail, whatever mm-hmm. it may be. Yeah, exactly. Uh, now I followed because I was buddies in Louisville with Pat Ford. You know, his daughter made the Olympics. Yes. Uh, yeah, and, and yeah. Was, I, I believe we, we uh, had him on and yeah, we're talking to him. Oh about yeah, that. and so Brooke, he, right? Yeah, yeah. And so he's he's all over it. So I I want to do we have the open for this i have a dad dilemma for you i want to ask you you both this go ahead hit the open Hi, daddy oh <laughs> the guys have another dad dilemma on 93.5 and 107.5 the fan all right so here's my question for you guys you like that don't you look at kb smiling he likes that i uh, know that, uh, that, that was a pretty good intro you right know there. you know where you take your baby 
and they and this is you know this is training and I understand it so they're not scared of the water and so they know what to do if they're ever in this situation if they fall in a pool they take your baby and they throw the baby in the pool yeah have you uh, what seen is it? this I, uh, ISR yeah I, I don't is know that the acronym I don't know what it's called but is this something we either of you no. uh, have done are going to do should I do this I'm opening this up as a forum here we did not do it and all three of our girls are avid pool kids they love going to grandma and grandpa's okay. and going to the pool they are they are just fine yeah we we did you not do it either uh, okay rosie did do a class uh, i think i mentioned this before um the best part about rosie being in the class was the other parents could look at rosie and say at least our kid is not acting like that <laughs> in the pool so she was kind of the uplifter that's how i'm gonna take a positive spin on it she was the uplifter of everybody else in said class but to mark's point uh, Rosie is very much likes to swim and be around the water. So uh, we did not do that with Max okay, either. I it, it looks too frightening to me. Uh, it scares the hell out of me. And, and, and yeah. I know it's probably smart and it's probably the way to go. And obviously there are some just frankly horrifying stories from you know kids drowning. Sure. Um, so I, I clearly understand why people do it, but it just looks too scary for me. I got scared the other day because I was driving <laughs> and uh, my middle daughter who's four. She just ran out of the blue. I was just listening to a sports podcast, all of the blue. She goes, Daddy, how did you make me? And I'm like, oh, God. We're not wow. having this conversation, are we? That's a hangover. And then she's like, was like, was I like a robot? I'm like, yeah, you were like a robot. That's how it was. I was like, oh, my God. Get me out of this conversation ASAP. And I was like, hey, you want to listen to the Little Mermaid soundtrack? Yeah, uh-huh. Right. <laughs> Taylor Swift is on. Transition hey. out of this right, right now. Moana on the ones and twos here to get us the rest of the way. Well, that, good job uh, making sure you did a nice job kind of. Spinning out of that one, Mark. Man, I'm, t- I'm telling you that they'll have, yeah, they'll have thirty thousand. So the, you are leaning towards no I, with little. I guess. don't know. See, my wife was a was was a swimmer like in high school, uh-huh. and she grew up around the pool. And I, if you look at me, I I, I sink to the bottom. Like I am <laughs> the most non graceful person. You got a cannonball off a high dive. <laughs> yes, in a pool of water ever. But I had a co-host back uh, at another stop of mine that, that he showed me the video. I mean, they took this little baby and they just they. They threw they threw him in and he immediately knew he's face down in the water. Yeah, flip over and immediately uh-huh. knew how to flip over. And I guess it's a good thing, but it seems to be the most scary thing, the scariest thing that a parent honestly uh, could watch there for a few seconds as their you know as their baby is face down in ten feet of water. Yeah, uh, yeah. Ugh. No well, we on that. We so at, anyway, we're maybe, at, maybe <laughs> by doing that we're passing up on our kids one day in the U.S. Olympic trials. We're at that. Santa Monica Pier and our oldest. We were trying to take a photo when it was. Just just her and uh she was sitting by the sand like by the water so the waves were hitting her and a big wave just boom knocks her down and for a second she's oh, underwater no. just like looking up at us like dear god <laughs> so that was our that was our little scary scare right there it's like jesus so that is july june right over at lucas oil nine straight nights of it yeah the u.s olympic trials that's a big deal man yeah that's a huge uh, deal they're like a night swim situation you get like five bucks to do night swim I'm going to end up at that, by the way. I'm That's just telling you. I mean, it is. I There's mean, a couple obviously, nights. when you think of, okay, Lucas Oil events that time of year, to have nine straight nights of, you know, whatever, 20,000, 30,000 people in that building, um, that is a big deal. I know it might probably it doesn't resonate to a lot of us here in our normal sports scene, if you will, um, but certainly something that will be uh, a summer item. Oh, uh, will be. I think it's on NBC. If I'm, oh, it's not, usually, yeah, it's usually on I'm one of the well. uh, USA or on one of yeah. those one of those networks for sure. Um, all right, so the podcast today, a lot there. Joel A. Erickson, Scott Agnes, and again, thanks to Julie Relatch. Talked a little college athletics and Indiana sports core. 
with us. Uh, before we get to a pop quiz, that would be 317-239-1070. Let's go to a morning checkdown. The morning checkdown on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Yeah, Pacers winners last night, 134-118. Benedict Matherin may be one of his finer nights as an Indiana Pacer, so says head coach Rick Carlisle. Are we going hyperbole with some of the Rick comments? I don't know. About Benedict? I don't know. Here, go ahead. Clip one. This was probably Ben's best game in two years. People want to see him shoot a bunch of shots and score a bunch of points, but that isn't necessarily what wins. What wins is being a part of a system, doing your job within a system, taking the right shots within a system, you know, running to the corner when you when, when, when your job is to run to the corner and making simple plays. And I thought tonight he just took some major steps. He was, he was the highest plus minus guy, I believe. He earned the 38 minutes. That's how it's got to be. And we have to have you know, all the guys in our rotation, all the guys that are our depth players, just you know, thinking thinking the same way. Yeah, again, they left kind of Matherin in with that second unit. They were critical not only the end of the first quarter, where you had some very shaky moments early on, and then into the third quarter. Uh, that final score would get a little skewy. It was not the Pacers in full control throughout that one. Uh, so Matherin with Aaron Neesmith and Jalen Smith Smith and Andrew Nemhard, uh, especially those four, really played pretty good last night as the Pacers moved to five and three. Again, it's the Bucks tonight, as we've talked about all morning long. Giannis ejected after 21 minutes last night. Frankly, I thought it was an awful, awful second technical call on him. Uh, you got to feel bad for the Pacers, right? They happen to be in his way tonight. Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, isn't he going to be pissed I, off? I think the I don't know if he's going to be pissed off. The only thing that kills me about this is he only played 21 minutes. I mean, if this was going to be, let's say it's a close game, even though Detroit's not very good. Yeah, Lillard played what 38. Yeah, minutes if last it's, night, if it's a like close that? game and Lillard had to play 38 minutes and Giannis had to play 35 minutes, you know, I'd feel a little bit better because I mean, the Pacers stars Matherin 38, Halliburton 31, Brown 32, Neesmith 30, uh, Smith 20. So a lot of their main guys played a full game because, as you said, you know, until the last, what, halfway through, maybe even a little bit more than halfway through the fourth quarter, this was a close game. This was a losable game for the Pacers. Again, the Bucks are favored by three in this one. They have won 11 of the last 12 meetings with the Pacers, and frankly, the matchups have not been very close at all. This will conclude a five-game homestand for Indiana before they play two of three in Philly coming up Sunday and Tuesday. Week 10 of the NFL season, if you want to call it that. Ah, the toilet bowl on a Thursday. Carolina on the road against the Bears. ESPN uh, ESPN's predictor has Chicago winning this one. I think like 61% of the time, Chicago favored by three and over under there at 38 and a half. Justin Fields will not play in this Mark, game. Mark, what are you mad about? He will not play in this one. That's 61%. That seems awfully high. I know the Panthers are bad, but... Putting 61% on the Bears to win a game is awfully lofty, I would say. And especially when Matt Eberflus is speaking out of both sides of his mouth yesterday as whether or not okay. Justin Fields will or will not play. Do, do you want to play that sound oh, sure. here? Do you want to play that sound here? Okay, so Eberflus yesterday. Have you heard this? No, it's about I've 90 not. seconds. Poor guy was asking about over Justin Fields. i all the Eberflus sound I had to listen to over the past few years. <laughs> well, damn it, you got 90 seconds. He was asking about Justin Fields. Because Justin Fields was listed as doubtful. And so they said, doubtful. Yeah, so just go with that. Like he said, he's not medically cleared to go um, right now, and uh, he's getting better though. I mean, he's he's uh, accuracy's improving. He's throwing it better, and 
you know, he's starting to do more and more and more. So uh, we'll, we'll see where it goes. And right now we're listening to him as doubtful. And uh, we'll see where it goes from there. If, is he, if he's doubtful, if he's not medically cleared, well, how come doubtful versus out? Yeah, just to see. we got to give him one more day. Give him one more day. But he's, uh, he's working hard. And uh, it's getting better every day. So we'll see where it goes. He's not playing tomorrow. Yeah, he's not playing. What hasn't the medical staff seen given the clearance yet? What, is it, what are they telling you? What's that? What, what is the medical staff telling you in terms of why they haven't given him the clearance? Yeah, it's, uh, it's really just uh, the clearance is uh, just, you know, obviously he's got to be cleared to play within the medical staff, you know, and so it's really about him feeling good about it and the medical staff saying that he can go in there and function. And uh, he's just not there at this time. Is it an issue of grip strength, or it's everything? It's it's all it's it's all improving. You know the grip strength, the, the accuracy, that you know the the ability to function as a quarterback. It's just it's all right there. It's it's getting close. I'm just I'm not I'm having trouble understanding. He's he's not playing, but he's doubtful. There's is he out or doubtful? He, now he's listed as doubtful. But you're saying that he's out. He's not going to play. We'll see where it goes. Uh, the chances are doubtful, 51% that he's in or out, and uh, it's going to be – we'll see where it is. we got a little time left, but, uh, again, we'll declare him out when he's out. Uh, right now we're still listening to him as doubtful. Listening to that. What the hell are you talking <laughs> Clears it right up. Listening to that was more painful than watching the Bears this year. Oh, I love that cut. I love that. I love the reporter going, so I don't understand yeah. you. Is he doubtful or is he out? Courtney Cronin, shout out to her, by the way. She was there asking one of the earlier questions, but gosh, Mark. Mark how about Mark just popping out of his chair for that one? Kylan's doing oh, a great was, job, by the he, way. He was ready. Learning yeah. the board here and helping out. She's going to fill some, in a little some. bit down the road, and all of a sudden, Mark from the cheap seats <laughs> hops out of his chair because he feels, her the, out of the, way. feels <laughs> the urge to say something. Someone in the YouTube chat the other day is like, I miss at Matt Eberflus. I'm like, well, he'll be looking for a job in a couple months, so if you want him, you can come get him. Jim Harbaugh to the Bears. Yeah, I, by the way, I don't be, sure? I don't believe that guy, that man or woman misses him. I, I don't know why they would put that in the YouTube chat. Uh, <laughs> moving on, the Colts injury report from yesterday. Again, it was just an estimation of their walkthrough. Um, so no practice until today. Uh, the best news, Braden Smith listed as a full participant. So if Braden Smith goes today, it will be his first practice participation since October 12th. Andy Sweeney, uh, he hasn't practiced in about a month. He's missed four straight games. Two practices enough? For me, it is. Yeah, if he's cleared to play and they feel good, you always have a backup plan there that has been uh, pretty good the last couple weeks. You feel confident with that backup plan if you have to go to that. But uh, for me, if Braden Smith's ready to go, listen, they're going to have to run the football. And, 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 you know, if it makes it better, makes it easier to run the football, play Braden Smith. And again, if he's not right, you can go to your backup plan, which you've done the last month. Of the guys on the did not participate list, that would be Drew Ogletree, Zaire Franklin. Josh Downs, Juju Brents. Who is most needed for Sunday? Okay, so I I would go Downs one, right? And and Franklin's Franklin's a better player there, but don't you have to go Downs one? Don't you have to? I think given you they look have nobody at it two else. Ways. I would not have Juju Brents just because New England just doesn't throw it, um, and they can't throw it very well. And their wideout core is probably the worst in the NFL. Certainly up there with those teams. Uh, I could I could listen to a Zaire Downs debate. Yeah, I, I, I think might that's go a little bit is. more Zaire just because you want to have the quarterback or your defense sure. there. You know, I think New England's going to try and run it at you uh, without Grover Stewart. Of course, we saw Carolina have some success as well. By the way, Grover Stewart back in the Colts building. Um, that's how the NFL rules work with your suspension. You got to spend half of it away from the team, and then the final half he'll spend in the team building. But again, he's out for three more games with that.
Yeah, I didn't know he was. I, I didn't know he was back in three weeks in the building. I did not know that. Yeah, I think that's, that's good. I guess the NFL. I, I think I don't know. Adopted that a couple years ago, where for the PED stuff, uh, six games, obviously three out, three in the building. Uh, all right, looking at college football this weekend: Indiana and Illinois. That is a noon kick from Champaign. Illinois is nearly a touchdown favorite in that one, Oof. and Purdue is a slight favorite over five and four Minnesota. Purdue has not played well at home at all this season. Surprised to see that one. Uh, Notre Dame's on a bye. Uh, two marquee games, right? This weekend, Penn State, Michigan, and Georgia, Ole Miss. Yeah, I think those are the. I think those are the main ones. Game days in uh, Athens. Yeah, Georgia. I mean, game days in Athens. And by the way, if if Georgia wins this one, not that it matters too much, but if Georgia wins this one and they beat two teams that are in, you know, top fifteen team in Missouri. Missouri only dropped a spot or two in the playoff rankings, losing to Georgia in a valiant effort, and then a top ten team in Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin, a respected coach, they have to be number one. I mean, they have to. I mean, you know, you know, if you look at Ohio State, they beat Rutgers. Like, okay, and they have Michigan State this weekend. I mean, those are nobodies in the Big Ten this year. Uh, Missouri and Ole Miss are three steps ahead of those teams. Georgia should be the number one team in the country already. And it's time for the pop quiz. Mark, we having phone issues? Oh, boy. Yeah, so we're having phone issues. So I can hear them. They can't hear me. I don't know what's going on. So we might have to play a little color roulette where I just put I you like on hold. That. And we'll just see who this mystery Did you try is. unplugging like it and plugging it back in? I've done all the basic <laughs> things I could possibly do. And, of course, and Eddie White, if you've been listening throughout the week, you will have heard I've mentioned the Monon Bell, Eddie, a staunch DePaul yes, you have. supporter. It is the 129th plane of the Monon Bell in Crawfordsville. Greg Rakestraw will have your call on that. DePaul undefeated, Wabash 7-2. The winner goes the D3 playoffs. Most importantly, the winner gets to ring that damn bell. 1890, the first meeting between these two schools. Again, that'll be Crawfordsville coming up this weekend. And an unbelievable atmosphere per usual for that one. The all-time leader in the series, it is the Little Giants at 63-56-9. and nine. Can We've had nine ties in that series. Unbelievable. That's disgusting. We that, don't need a is. tie. Get out of here. That is. Was this soccer? Come on. I know. Unbelievable. Uh, all right. We'll do our spontaneous pop quiz. <laughs> is that next? Yep. All right. 317-239-1070. All right, so uh, we'll have to see. Our, the phones may be working. They may not be working. Mark believes, Mark Dyton believes people cannot hear him, but they can hear us, okay. right? So I, I've so I think we're to good this. to go. I've not opened up the pop quiz yet. <laughs> the okay. greatest sin is that people can't hear my voice on right, the phone. Right. Try to be a man of integrity here. For some reason, we cannot get a caller on. I'll take the pop quiz, try to give my best effort. And if we get a five for fiver, which obviously won't happen, uh, then I'll hand a Jiffy Lube oil change right, to so, one of our listeners. So, so is that what we want to do here? You want to try have that, Mark? somebody hanging yeah, I, on. We, I, we definitely try the call. So we okay. just say hello and they say their name? Yeah. All let's, right, let's hello. Try. It's, like, it's like a date, uh, like a speed dating. Hello, pop quiz <laughs> caller. It's Kevin Bowen, Andy Sweeney, Mark Dykton, and... Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You are? You won't believe who this is. Hello? Who is it? This is your buddy. Hello, can you hear me? We can yeah. hear you. Okay, this is your buddy Derek White. How it's- did I get through? 
It is Derek White. Oh, I, there I you go. You're heading to Germany, man. What's the flight? Hey, I'm, I'm packing. I'm packing and listening to you guys right now. I'm oh, sorry. Yes. I got through. <laughs> I couldn't hear anybody. But next thing I know, I was on hold. So. <laughs> well, welcome to 2023 technology here, Derek. Uh, okay, walk us through. We had Joel Erickson on earlier. He was driving to Cincy, and then he was off to Dallas, then to Frankfurt. Your path to get there is where? I am driving to Indianapolis Metropolitan Airport, and I am flying to Charlotte, then Charlotte to Frankfurt. Oh, see, that's a lot easier. Two o'clock. All these flights to Frankfurt. I think Nate Atkins said he was going through Atlanta uh, to get there. Are you? Uh, what's What's the plan when you land? Do we know? I have no idea. <laughs> oh, I love it, man, Derek. I you're have living. No idea. I get there at seven fifteen a.m. and my my friend uh, is going to get there about eight o'clock or so a.m. and then we don't know what we're doing from there. I told Derek to be happy to be there. I told Derek he That's needs to awesome. call you guys tomorrow. He needs to give a little boots on the ground oh, update. Ab- from, absolutely, from you need to eat some sausages and drink some beer. That's what you're going to be doing. I know what you're going to be doing <laughs> in Germany. That's great. You won't be able to check into his hotel because seven a.m. So I'll just wander the streets. I'm glad my wife's not listening because um, I didn't want her to know about the beer. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> now, Derek, um, ticket wise, do you know, or I guess how'd you get tickets? Where are you sitting? Uh, anything on that end? I got lucky. Um, I called my ticket rep. He said that the team was only going to get about 800 tickets, and that was going to go to the friends and family of the players, coaches, staff, if they want to go. And there wouldn't be any left. But next thing I know, I got an email about a season ticket holder presale. Oh, good and for you. And I got lucky, and I got two tickets. Um, they are really, really close uh, to the 50-yard line, really uh, maybe 10 rows back, close to the 50. Nice. A 200 and. 25 euros each. Okay, and what's the, um, what is that in American dollars? About 250. Okay. What jersey, are you wearing a jersey? And if so, what jersey are you wearing? Like an Edron James jersey? What do you got popping? Bjorn Werner. I haven't haven't decided yet. My newest and best jersey, best quality jersey is a Moncrief jersey, number 10. Oh my God. Uh, Because he he went to Oldfield and I was... That's the best quality one. Yeah. That was Der- Derek's a big old Miss fan. Just before everyone thinks that Derek, oh, okay, you know, there's, thinking, okay, that's there's some issues one. there. Derek right. is a big old Miss fan. And okay. ironically, the last last home game, I did see a few people with Moncrief jerseys on. So I, don't know I was so wrong on Moncrief. I, I have a Manning. I have a Peyton. Um, I have a Manning, a Peyton, and in my uh, number 10. I love it. Well, Derek, safe travels over there. I I thought it was interesting how Stacey Dales mentioned with us yesterday how loud the 50,000-seat stadium felt uh, for Chiefs-Dolphins, so I'll be curious to get the report back from you on that. Uh, Andy Swinney, you want to throw number one at him? All right, Derek, let's go, man. I'm rooting for you here. All right, number one, the Colts and Patriots play Sunday morning in Germany. You'll be there. Do the Colts have a winning Losing or a 500 record in international games during the regular season. Again, winning, losing, or a 500 record. What do they have? Oh, man. I would say losing. I start there. Number two here, Derek. Which of the following New England Patriot quarterbacks has never started a playoff game for the franchise? A, Mac Jones. B, B, Scott Zolak. Isn't he their color guy on the radio? Uh, He's a radio guy. He's a madman, too. Yeah, he's nuts. Uh, C, Matt Castle. Or D, Steve Grogan. 
Oh my God! Um, we, say, we mentioned this guy earlier mm-hmm. in the show. We did. I, I know. I was halfway listening and packing, so I'm sorry. <laughs> he was a Vikings uh, quarterback. He was a Vikings quarterback. That's when we mentioned him. I don't think that helps you at all. Oh, no, probably, probably not. Okay. What, what was the? Yeah, that doesn't help me. What were the names again? Mac Jones, Scott Zolak, Matt Castle, or Steve Grogan. Um, let's say Castle. All right, question number three. The UConn women's basketball team pounded Dayton last night, 102-58 in the Husky season opener. UConn has won its last 28 season opening games, the second longest active streak in women's D1 basketball. Who has the longest active streak? Is it Stanford, Iowa State, LSU, Princeton? Oh, my goodness. Um... Well, I'll give you a hint on this one. LSU just lost the other night, so it's not them. They lost their first game. Yep. Uh, what were the other two? A, B, and uh, Sta- Stanford, Iowa State, Princeton. Um, Iowa State. Unless you want to throw me another hint. Derek, you don't need him, brother. All right, number four here. The Angels have hired 71-year-old Ron Washington as their new manager. I hate that. Who is the oldest? Boy, first Joel Erickson, now Derek's I'm bringing glad, the... I'm glad uh, that Derek has an opinion on that. MLB yeah. manager hot take. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, scorching here on November 9th. Uh, who's the oldest manager at the time of his hiring in MLB history? Is it A, Washington... B, Tony LaRussa, C, Casey Stengel, or D, Jack McKeon? Oh, my goodness. Um, I'm thinking Jack McKeon. Unbelievable. All right, here we go. The hints have got to go out the window here. And and now you know know your old school baseball's coming. You know, that's what Scotty's going to end with. Question number five, happy 92nd birthday to baseball Hall of Famer and World Series winning manager Whitey Herzog. With which team did Herzog win his career, uh, begin his career as a manager? (laughs) Was it the St. Louis Cardinals, the Kansas City Royals, the Texas Rangers, the California Angels? Um, I have no idea. Um, I'm going to say since there's a lot of St. Louis Cardinals hate here, maybe St. Louis Cardinals. All right, let's see how Derek did there. Uh, number one, Colts and Patriots. Again, that is Sunday in Frankfurt. Do the Colts have a winning, losing, or 500 record in international games? It is a losing record. Loud and proud. Andy, he kind of reached <laughs> into the clouds for Matt Castle. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing with Matt see, Castle. Uh, grit, they went 10-6 and six and missed the playoffs that year, right? Yeah, when Brady see, got injured, I, that was his I claim to fame. I think 10-6, I don't think missed the playoffs. I, I would not have gotten that one right. Uh, Iowa State? Yep. Correct? Yep. That is correct. By the way, 80-year-old Jack McKeon? Was that serious? Yes. 80 years old when he was hired? Let's go! <laughs> Unbelievable. Number five, Andy. Four for four for our buddy Derek as Sorry, he heads Derek. to Germany. Yeah, Herzog began his managerial career with the Texas Rangers in 1973. Uh, you don't get to come back tomorrow. You don't even get a lousy copy of our home game. You're a complete loser. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, they, I Man. thought I thought we were going to get maybe the Ursay sausage clip for Germany in there. Oh, that's, I don't would know. You like that one. For some reason, is I thought, that in the hotkeys? I thought that would be appropriate to play uh, before the Colts head to Frankfurt for that. Would you rather go zero for five or four for five on the pop quiz? You know, it's the old, would you rather lose your final oh, yeah, insert high question. school game by 21 or lose on a last well, second field? Well, if you're 0 for 5 and you're good content, but no offense, the gentleman we had about two, three weeks ago who was 0 for 5, yeah, one-word answers, had no idea. He was Belichick, and, right? Yeah, he, he had no idea the difference between the NHL and the NBA. See, that was bad content. If you're going to be bad, you got to be interesting. So I guess I would rather still be 4 for 5. That's rare here. That I is. don't know how to make sausage. That I don't is. know what goes into sausage. That is rare. Are we getting an Ursa collection over there? I'm shocked he doesn't have a concert over there this yeah, week. Yeah, like at a pub or something over there. Granted, sure. you probably have to send that equipment over you know, yeah, pretty months early. Ago. Six months ago. What did Melanie Lowe tell us right after the Philly it, joint practice yeah. game? I mean, probably his Les Paul guitars, how uh, how expensive, you know? I mean, I'm <laughs> sure go he's got Peter a nice Frampton, one. Frampton, Jim. We got to send it on the boat. <laughs> First practice of the week today for the Colts. We'll preview that. And also Pacers Bucks one final time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Yeah, been a fun show. Colts, Pacers, uh, we've talked a lot today. You miss any of it, 1075thefan.com or wherever you find your podcast. We appreciate that as well. Right there on the website, you can stream us, take us anywhere uh, in the world. Uh, Derek can be listening in Germany on the way over, uh, and you can listen right here in Indianapolis, 1075thefan.com. Query and company coming your way at noon. JMV coming your way at 3 o'clock. Are you nervous? at all with the hair procedure. We grow hair, Indy. You're going to be going uh, under the robotic knife tomorrow at about this time. I I am a little nervous. I'm naturally a pretty risk-averse human. I can't say I've had like too many... You know, procedures, surgeries have been fortunate from a physical health standpoint. Um, so, yeah, I am a little nervous, okay. certainly. Um, but, yeah, I think in the long run, this is something that um, I appreciate them, um, you know, offering it and um, looking forward to see the results. I, I don't think I, we're going to get immediate. I'm not going to look like a, a modern day Jesus on Monday. <laughs> Whoa, Fabio just walked it in. Takes a little, it takes a little bit of time, right? Certainly. For it to, to fill in. And, and tonight, or uh, today, I've got to get like a one guard all, all the way around. Oh, do you? Yeah, which I. I, I used to rock kind of a two guard action. Okay, uh, on there. So, yeah, the YouTubers will certainly see a, a, a very new look, uh, especially early on in the uh, in the process. And I guess the couple of TV hits that I do here in the upcoming week, it'll be a new look for me as well. I was about to say, are you going to be? We are both hat guys. Yeah, I don't uh, think so. I, I think I can how wear is like that going to change fitting? And again, I mean, full transparency. I wear a hat in the mornings because showering is not typically on the radar <laughs> early in the mornings for me. Um, so yeah, I will have to. Good to know. Either not don a hat, or I, I think they said you know very loose fitting hats could be worn as well. But I don't okay. think my Larry like Legend one hat. that I'm rocking today. Uh, I, I <laughs> used to be fishing. Team Bucket Hat, uh, but I am not one anymore. So you used to be Team Bucket Hat, really? Oh yeah, rock them on the golf course. Well, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that being the case. Love, love the old Bucket Hat. Uh, there. Your gut feeling on tonight and Giannis. You won't I, be in here I'm to talk about it. About the Pacers, okay. I am um, obviously curious to see what is is it all Obi Top. How much Turner? How much Jalen Smith? How much Aaron Neesmith giving up a little height? Um, certainly, you know, with what happened last night in Milwaukee of him getting ejected from that game, that'll be something to keep an eye on. But uh, yeah, I, I'm optimistic about the Pacers. And 
I think there's also a little bit of, and maybe this is where some of the optimism comes from, Andy. It's a little bit of, I expect more. Like, sure. It's unbelievable to me that you've lost 11 of 12, and all 11 of the losses are at least by nine points. And the spread tonight's three, three and a half. So I just think you've reached a point now in your rebuild with. Okay, you need to be more competitive. Like way too often in this series, it's been, and Giannis is not playing in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. and you know this and that. So, um, I think that'll be something to where my expectations are also at a higher level. You know, we've talked about Giannis so much, and uh, you know that's going to be a fun scene at Gamebridge tonight. But you know, when Giannis went out when he was ejected in the third quarter, Dame Lillard took over, and he's different than what they had, right? Like Drew Holiday, they trade him away, and that's a guy that does a little bit of everything. And Dame Lillard is not that. Uh, you know, you can't point to a bunch of great defense that he has, uh, you know, administered, if you will, his decade or so in the NBA but what you think of is a guy that can go out there and score 30 some odd 40 some odd points and go win a game and so you know I, I understand the Giannis conversation is out there how they guard Dame Lillard as well is going to be interesting you would imagine that would be Brown at least early on or would it be Matherin I don't know I mean yeah. what do you think about that I mean Dame Lillard to me is almost just as interesting yeah I would think Bruce Brown I know it's funny how you, you we've talked so much about Giannis and like you mentioned we haven't even mentioned Dame, yeah, I would assume Bruce Bruce Brown. I, I would think that would be your first option there. Again, Chris Middleton did not play last night out due to illness. Um, so we'll see about his availability for tonight. Uh, and then I think the Colts injury report. I mean, mm-hmm. this is it. They, yeah. They're going to practice today, and then uh, they are in Germany tomorrow. So from a Zaire Franklin, Josh Downs, Juju Brent standpoint, those are a trio of guys to watch as well. Braden Smith, again, the expectation is he will practice today. That would be the first time he has practiced in a month. You don't expect Juju Brents at all, right? I know you're I mentioning him. I, I, I kind of so. have him yeah. out of my mind at this point. You know, again, some of these guys, if you practice on a Thursday, sure. Friday, but you know the multiple-week thing, Juju's dealt with so many injuries this year. You know, and again, the bye week changes things yeah, I think for both a, the in-downs. That's a great point as well. So it'll be Mark Dykton and Andy Sweeney finishing out the week for you. Thank you, boys. Have a great Thursday.